0: The Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Icarra, and this is episode number 60. So we're at the big six zero, so to say. It goes by a little faster when you're doing double episodes in a week, uh, and if you can't tell, I managed to get cold. So yeah, I'm going to probably keep this talking part down a little bit. But this week on the podcast, I got the pleasure of talking to Scott Taysom from Cloak. And initially, I was going to put out this episode a little bit later, but I decided to move it up uh, in conjunction with their tour that they just started uh, with uh, Uada and Ghost Bath. They kicked it off last night here in Denver. Unfortunately, I was not able to make it as I am having a continuation of my... uh, unfortunate events and i uh my car broke down on monday and then uh tuesday i got got sick so and went into wednesday so yeah not only could i not really make it to the show but on top of it i feel like death so unfortunate because i really was excited and looking forward to seeing cloak live and getting to hang out with scott and uh and the other guys like Max that I have communicated with on uh, social media, so but hopefully there'll be a next time soon in the future. Hopefully next year they'll come back. Would really like that because I really want to see them live. As I'm big fan of the new album Black Flame Eternal, uh, which is definitely going to be in my top ten for 2023 next year when I do my uh, my ranking episodes so yeah so great it was awesome talking to scott we got into a lot of different things uh the spiritual side of of what cloak is talking about um the production of the album as i think it sounds amazing so i was kind of picking his brain a little bit about it um we also talk a lot about danzig and kind of nerd out about danzig and all that kind of stuff and uh the misfits and everything and we get into some of his history and what led him down the path that he is going down now with the great success that Cloak is, I think, having and will continue to have. I, have, I feel that there's going to be great things in the future for Cloak, and it's very exciting uh, to see that. So, yeah, and I'm definitely going to want to uh, have Scott back on again. There's so much more we could talk about. We went for pretty long, and I uh, felt like we only barely scratched the surface of topics. <laughs> but, um, sorry. So, anyways, I guess let's, uh, get into my plugs and then we'll get into the episode. So, uh, um, yes, so I'm part of a, uh, gang of podcasters called the Worsemen of the Podcast Apocalypse. And every Monday we have Brandon Legion, For Wolf 666. Every Tuesday, we have Into the Necrosphere with Jackie Smith. And now, Necrosphere was actually how I found out about Cloak in the first place, listening to interviews with Scott. Wednesdays, we have Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. Um, Mike just released an episode we did for our Darkness Weaves series about the work of Carl Edward Wagner. Um, This month's episode just dropped, so go check that out. And then next month's will be on Soul Knocks. Thursdays you have Necromaniacs with Mike Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid Fridays you have uh, artists formerly known as Break the Apocalypse now known as Spitball Media. Of course uh, my main podcast day is Sundays and uh, at Intermittent Times we got uh, Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne from Trivax and uh, Cheyenne's going to be on the podcast here in uh beginning of October. Uh, we already recorded the episode and it was really great. I'm talking to Cheyenne again. All right. Um, what else? Follow everybody on social media. And, uh, give, rate everybody on, on the platforms. You can follow me under my name or under DenverUndergroundRadio.com. Uh, DenverUndergroundRadio Denver on Instagram. That is the online radio station I run with my friend Ken. Uh, we do shows every Tuesday and Thursday. The show Tuesday is called Darklands, which is my show, of Black Metal, Death Metal, Dark ambient, etc. The show on Thursday is the upstairs room with uh, Ken, and we do Dark Wave, Goth, Post Punk, that kind of stuff. Both the shows start at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Tuesdays and Thursdays live on Devon Underground Radio.com. And finally, uh, you can um, have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash soul podcast. $2 a month. I'm trying to at least get two episodes out every month uh, with, uh, yeah, and will eventually be more. Uh, I know I've been saying that, but, uh, you know, that's what's going to happen. A uh, little well behind in my uh, one of the episodes this month, uh, so it's probably going to be out. Probably get. To next month, two of my Dracula series about the Hammer movies, so keep an eye out for that. And we're going to get more stuff as well on the Patreon. And so yeah, Knox uh, Podcast, uh, Patreon.com, etc. Okay, uh, let's get into the episode with Scott. Again, like I said, it was an honor having him on. Uh, be sure to go on their social media and check their tour dates. If they are coming towards you, uh, be sure to go and see them live. I've seen some videos, and they look like a very, very impressive live band. And, uh, yeah, have uh, nothing but respect for them. Uh, I'm going to actually kick this off with one of my favorite songs from the album Black Flame Eternal. And that song is called The Shadowlands. Shadowlands, sorry. Ironically, I also have a song with uh, my old Project Warlock called the Shadowlands. (laughs) But no relation between the two, obviously. All right, I hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan.
1: first of all i just want to say welcome to soul knox podcast so great yeah. to have you on
2: thanks for having me man yeah it should be good we're um me and max the guitarist are a big fans so we listen to a lot of your episodes so it's, it's cool to be here
1: yeah i've noticed yeah i've um, talked to max a few times on instagram as well so because yeah. i know he's always you know he follows um the my story posts and all that kind of stuff so you know
2: yeah awesome yeah he turned me on to the podcast because he um he listened to Jackie as well as, uh, Mike's podcast and he kind of showed me those and then, yeah, showed me this stuff. So
1: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's kind of our, our, little group there. And, uh, actually that was how I found out about cloak was through Jackie's podcast. Yeah. On here.
2: Went on twice so far and, uh, yeah, it's always been, always been great over there. So he's, he's a good guy. He's a funny guy too. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great. And, uh, yeah, that's a, he have, he always has, features a lot of great bands and it's funny how some some of the bands he features end up kind of like some of them end up being on like all the podcasts you know what i mean yeah, for yeah.
2: sure yeah he too, he likes which is which is nice um and you know features a lot of really cool bands so right yeah
1: yeah because yeah we did the you, you, i think you did that first one with um with him before you went on that tour with with mike like with the the tombs tour right yeah
2: yeah, yeah. that's right so yeah, we did one I think I did one March or something of uh 2022 and then we did one this year right before the album came out, the third album.
1: Right. Yeah. The um yeah, cuz you you you, tour, you did that little mini tour of tombs and restless spirit, right? So
2: Yeah, last yeah. year. Yep.
1: Yeah. The uh which are, I think a great combination. I think like Cloaks music goes really well with like Tombs, you know.
2: Right. Yeah, that was a cool tour. It was only 6 or 7 days, but it was uh yeah, it was good. So uh, Mike's a cool guy. It was good to meet him and everything.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. The um what was gonna say? Yeah. When did I was gonna go back like when did you start cloak exactly? Like is, how long he's been around? Ten you- years now.
2: Um we started it in 2013 officially, but uh, realistically we got going with with sort of what we're doing now in 2015. Okay. Yeah, so the first two years were kind of like trial and error a couple hiatuses because we were doing other projects and um yeah we've been going strong with uh this kind of core group since 2015 and then we put our first album out in 2017
1: right yeah yeah i uh i really like the new album like Thanks. I, I feel like um i like your older music like i've gone back as it was like the new album that really got me into to your stuff like i was listening to it and i was like then i went back and like re-listened to your earlier stuff and like um i think that i don't know this feels like you guys took an extra step up you know what i mean like with the new album where it's just like really hits hard you know
2: yeah we i think we all agree and i think this is the album that sort of redefines us as a band and you know a lot of people will probably start with this album that are getting into it, um, you know, more recently, obviously because it's a new album, but probably because it's also the more uh, consistent full album, I would say it, it has songs that will probably capture people a little more, um, especially more, you know, fans of, of purely black metal stuff, even though we do kind of, you know, go beyond the borders of, of things like that. It's, you know, we've always had a different edge to the band that, wasn't solely you know traditional sounding black metal but of course that spirit has always been there but this album definitely um encapsulates that much more than the older albums but um yeah yeah. and we stand by our first two for sure but i think uh i mean it's unanimously the the band's favorite this this new album
1: yeah definitely i mean the first two are great albums too but uh, i feel like this one um, um it hits a little a little harder in a way but i think it's also the songwriting like some of the songs are like really like um like Shadowlands, like that song like really stu- stood out to me and some other songs I don't where they just like really like very memorable, you know what I mean? They like
2: Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, that's um that's definitely a couple yeah, it's like a, a band favorite with a few of the members. And we actually we just started playing that one, uh practicing that one more to play live. Um because we're going to Puerto Rico on Saturday to play and we're gonna do it there. So yeah, nice I mean nice. I think the songwriting is, is much more um yeah, I think it's just better on this album. Like you said, I think we hit sort of a stride with, with some songs and, um, you know, the bigger choruses, the memorable like hooks for the the just the different parts, the different leads, you know, um, better solos and things like that, um, which are elements that make Cloak, I think, stand out a little more as we have a lot of those leads and the, and the big anthemic choruses. And I think that only got bigger on this album
1: yeah that's that's a part of your sound that i always really I, I really like about all of the stuff you've done is like um the the solos and the kind of and all that kind of stuff like like more melodic like black metal is like one of those things where i it, it depends on the band but when it's done right i really like it you know like i'm not always into like more melodic black metal stuff but with the way the cloak hits it i like the the type of sound you do like the weird thing is that part of me like really um when i listen to cloak sometimes it makes me feel like some of the more black metal uh moonspell albums i don't know if moonspell is an influence on you guys or not but
2: uh comparison a ton like in comments and just online and it's so funny none of us really listen to that band but it makes me want to go back and you know revisit some of it because like all of the YouTube comments, you know, we'll put out a video and I'll, I I admittedly like, you know, I'll go through the comments and we put new videos out and so much of it is like, Oh, Moonspell, Moonspell. So it's so funny to us because that has been ever since our first album, people have been saying that, um, what's a good album from them to start with?
1: Well, I mean, they're one of those bands for a long time. They have a lot of, they're kind of one of those ones like Paradise Lost or something where they've, you know, done a lot of transformations throughout their career. Um,
2: in Christ, uh, something
1: like that, yeah. They're like one of those kind of bands, like where you know, all of it's good. Um, I would say, like, this stuff that really makes me think of Cloak is some of the actually their mid-era stuff, like um, Night Eternal, um, Memoriam. Um, uh, I forget what, uh, Alpha, I forget the name of it was Alpha Omega or whatever, like the one after Night Eternal. Like that yeah. kind of like mid era, like, uh, well, it's like, you know, 2000s, Eric's, the early 90s stuff is really good too. And there's certain elements of your sound. It reminds me of the early 90s stuff as well. Like, um, okay. but yeah, I don't know. It's just something it's here and there. It's like, there's just certain parts of like the way you guys like put the songs together and even the way your, your, your vocals are right. Remind me of some of his, uh his harsher vocals, you know
2: yeah that's what i get a lot um just online like i was reading the vocals sounded like that so it's so funny yeah because none of us have delved like too deep into that band but um yeah i'll definitely check those out i mean it sounds like they'd be a cool band i know they just came to atlanta like two two or three months ago so um i missed the show but yeah
1: yeah they're they're a great band i mean i've been into them a long time i didn't really like their last album so much but you know yeah majority of, of their discography is really solid and uh it's interesting yeah that like you guys aren't even influenced by them like but i think that that may, i mean that happens you know where it's like there's a certain uh maybe it's also kind of like a certain feeling from the music because you guys also use like the solos and have the little right. bits of keyboard and this kind right. of like darker like um is, you know it's an occult atmosphere you know what i mean but it's not like um like, I don't know, like, uh, trying to think how to explain it, but you know, like you guys aren't like Belphegor or something, right. You know, it's kind of like this other type of dark occult atmosphere, you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> yeah. We're not, we're not so, you know, over the top brutal, um, like a band like Belphegor, like you mentioned, but, uh, yeah, I mean, we blend elements of heavy metal, um, cause we love, you know, Maiden and stuff like that too. Uh, and, you know, bands like Rod and Christ did that as well. And especially in the early days had that kind of heavy metal, greek element um to their music so i think uh yeah i mean it's influenced from stuff like that um kind of a hodgepodge of different things right and thrash we we all love metallica and slayer and all that stuff too so
1: right uh yeah so you're very are you very influenced by like the greek black metal stuff like
2: um i I love yeah i like and christ a lot yeah like uh
1: do you you like uh, like verithron like um
2: yeah i've listened to a bit of them um most of the early stuff um not you know, I, I haven't listened to them as much as the, the other Ron and Christ material, but them and uh what is it, necromantia?
1: Yeah, necromantia or um uh thou art lord is also a good one. Okay, cool. Yeah, like um yeah, I can definitely definitely sense that. There's this kind of like there's this kind of continuum like within black metal, which I always I was talking about somebody about this recently where it's like you had like the kind of like cold, like harsh, you know, type of black metal, right? But then you had this other undercurrent going on, which I've always been really fascinated by, of like these other types of bands like Samael and Mortuary exactly. Drape and all those types of bands, you know. Mr.
2: Samer, Tiamat, um, we love Samael. Uh, I love Worship Him and Ceremony of Opposites um, and Rich uh, Blood Ritual. But uh, yeah, I mean, their, their album Passage was cool, too. Um, I've seen them a few times, but yeah, I love, I was listening to ceremony of the opposites the other day. I love worship him though. I think that's, that's such a ahead of its time album and influence clearly, you know, bands like dark throne and a oh, lot yeah. of the Norwegian bands. And they, I mean, in old interviews, they state that, you know, they love Sam but yeah, I, I'm with you. I think, I think cultures like that, that weren't so connected to the Scandinavian um, cultures were doing their own thing because they, you know, the internet didn't exist and they, they kind of had to just figure it out on their own. So if you look at old pictures of master's hammer, it's almost, you know, it's, it's so weird and different. And um yeah. Bands like, like uh, Samuel, like you said, or um mortuary drape. Yeah. They just, they had their own different styles of, of aesthetic and sound and because they're, you know, from parts that were a little more closed off from, from just the, scandy countries that were doing their own you know their their sound so i think yeah i think those bands that were separated from that are, are some of the most interesting um i love master's hammer and ritual i think that's such a great album
1: yeah yeah and I, i'm a huge fan of samuel i worship him is one of my uh top black metal albums of all the time
2: like- yeah, so good so good and it's like i said i just feel like that was I mean, when the, was that 92 or 91 i can't remember it was very early 90s um, it was like it
1: was like 90 or 91 i think yeah and,
2: and it's it almost you know it was from that time but it like almost feels ahead of its time the harshness almost from some of those bands came up almost a little bit later but uh yeah it's such a great innovative album
1: yeah i mean if like i know a lot of norwegian bands were really influenced by that album like i i think like you can hear like you said a dark throne like I mm, feel like if it we're, you know, it's like Worship Him and, and in Order in the Sky kind of came out around the same time, I think, right? But, yeah, uh, I think, like...
2: yeah, 92 or something. But um, yeah, great album, though. And then, of course, Hellhammer and Celtic Frost and the first wave, you know, sort of influenced a lot of what came after. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I think those bands, like I said, from the more closed off regions were doing very cool, and interesting things. Um, yeah, it's good yeah, stuff.
1: We also had like the Finnish scene with like Barathrum and Archgoat and Beherit and stuff. They're yeah, doing yeah, Impaled Nazarene. They're all doing their own thing too. Like yeah,
2: Finnish has always been um, the Finns have always I've I've felt done way different stuff than the the Norwegians or the uh, or the Swedish. You know, it's a lot. F- Finns kind of have their own sound. It's much different. It's yeah. more um, yeah, even even like Finnish death metal and uh, of course Finnish black metal. Yeah, it had its own thing. It's cool
1: yeah i feel like um i just think even back in the early 90s like trying to really develop your own individual sound and and everything was like a real important piece you know because like when you look at like a lot of the the old guys doing black metal back then they were basically saying that black metal is not necessarily a sound but it's like um an atmosphere or feeling um, themes like yeah it has to be a cult or satanic or something along those lines you know like yeah. and the actual musical output of that can be very wildly varying and i think that even if the norwegian scene you know that's what that was the perspective people like euronymous had like was like black metal is more of a atmosphere you know like a spirit as opposed to yeah. a, a
2: lifestyle. yeah an attitude and a spiritual outlook um that's why i almost consider the first Slayer album black metal like first wave black metal because it was like a satanic speed metal album really
1: um yeah I mean, definitely if-
2: you're going to consider, you know, Celtic Frost and Hellhammer, you know, first wave black metal, I think um, Show No Mercy should absolutely fit in that category too. And, and Merciful Fate. And, you know, the first two albums from them as well was almost kind of first wave black metal in, in a weird way. But yeah. um yeah, I mean, there's a lot of black metal bands that like didn't have necessarily that satanic element. And it's, you know, it kind of begs the question, well, is it, you know, is it a officially black metal if it doesn't have that? So it kind of it's funny to me. You know like devil's blood they play basically rock but to me they're they're more black metal than so many bands that claim to be black metal are you know them and old in solitude as well yeah definitely they have the spirit much more than you know some bands that that just play you know blast beats so it's 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 funny
1: yeah yeah i definitely think that that there's something to be said for that like that black metal is to be like about the sound more than not the sound I mean the 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 spirit more than the the sound so it's like you can be making something that sounds like black metal but if it's not talking about occult dark themes or satanism and things like that then i probably i don't think it really is black metal anymore really you know like
2: yeah i agree there's and there's a lot of that today you know a lot of newer bands that are more you know it's more um they kind of put different terms and subgenres on it and and to me it's like it doesn't mean they're bad bands but it just doesn't i don't know if it necessarily fits within the black metal context if you're if it's just blast beats and like speed picking riffs it doesn't that doesn't mean that it's something that relates to black metal
1: right yeah no i definitely agree you know like i feel like particularly in the states we have a lot of those type of like i guess so-called black gaze bands or whatever where they're not writing about anything related to black metal but they kind of yeah i take that that the sound of black metal and i don't consider any of that black metal like right yeah, i'm
2: kind of with you on that and
3: you know and, and it's
2: like we get questioned you know whether since we do do a little different stuff you know oh, are they black metal or are they this and that it's like well i mean the spirit of the band is but if you want to call the music something different that's fine but you know deep down it is what it is so
1: yeah i consider you guys basically a black metal band because it's like all your stuff's like uh about it you know it's got as a cult dark you no know, right. satanic edge to it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. that—that's
2: black metal. Based. Yeah, definitely spiritually based. So
1: yeah, what what is yeah. kind of like the? Speaking of that, like what is kind of the underlying like um, current? You'd say that that cloak kind of manifests. You know what I mean? That you're coming from
2: the, the satanic path for sure, and the the you know wanderers of the left hand path, and I think like um, borrowing from a lot of different you know sex of that sort of of nature is uh the nature of the occult and the nature of those different left hand path concepts i think is something that um blends into the, the beliefs of the band and, and the the lyrics of the band for sure
1: right like um i know we were talking about i know you, did you did you get uh pick up that richard gavin book like or did they get uh, did you get it yeah.
2: Yeah, I got it. I, I've delved into it a little bit. Um, I haven't had as much time as I would like, but I read the first chapter so far and it's great. So
1: Yeah. Far. I'm a big fan of his, like, I know we were talking about the Thomas Carlson book as well, which is a, another great book.
2: Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That one, um, I've gone back and forth with I It's that it's a little more difficult to read front to back. It's kind of one that you kind of pick up here and there for, for me, but, uh, yeah, that was a good one. Um, and then I have one from a buddy of mine from Florida, or not really a buddy, but an acquaintance I know. Um, the name is escaping me right now, but he he wrote he wrote kind of a, a small. Uh, he did a small pressing of of a book that he did. That's sort of based in in the similar realms of of that type of stuff. So it's good stuff. Though I'm excited to read the Benighted Path, though, and I, I liked all the podcasts that you've done with him with Gavin. So it's been it's been cool to listen to.
1: Yeah, I could see a re- relevance in some of the 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 themes of the Cloak albums with some of the stuff that he talks about, you know, like, right. I could see there every kind of, like, connection there in a way, you know what I mean?
2: Right. Yeah, I guess that that Shadowlands kind of, um, almost that other realm philosophy that, that he kind of goes into and that we kind of touch upon in, in a song like that, or... Um, I would say my lyrics aren't you know they aren't as specifically based on you know this or that type of thing it's it's more just uh it's hard to describe i mean it's almost a collection of different different ideas and some songs pinpoint different things more than others but i think um a lot of what black flame eternal deals with is is the empowerment side of things and and you know, the action side of things rather than the more contemplative nature that maybe the first album had where you know you open yourself up to this stuff and you learn about it and you kind of you know pick through different things that that interest you or, or strike you and you take those things and you apply it to real life. And I think that's what a lot of this uh the newer material sort of deals with is um yeah the action part of things and, and you know walking the walk and and designing your life to be as free as possible and to you know break through borders and barriers and chains that are holding you down and and going the farthest that you can and, and really just making yourself and your spirit free
1: right you, you could almost see like the uh three albums representing kind of like not very naturally like your kind of spiritual growth i'd imagine right because like the first one feels a bit more inward or meditative in a way and then this album is like kind of like when you kind of um, engage with these forces and then you transform it to manifesting into the outer world.
2: Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Yeah, I think um, I think that's definitely a, a good a good way to put it. I think it's, um, you know, each album grows with the with the individual and then the individual in turn grows with with the art and the music. So I think any artist can kind of align with that sort of way of thinking. Um, and then just even more, you know, to the to the point things you get more comfortable as writers and as you know, lyricists. Um, and you kind of you get to use those skills the more that you practice them basically.
1: right. Yeah. well, I think I think that 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 mark of like um, I guess, true artists in the way is that you're creating something like um, that is like, I guess, a very natural extension of your, of if, if you're putting your sp- your spiritual kind of path and all that kind of stuff into your music, the music could almost be a very natural extension of that in a way. It's like a manifestation of your own internal, your state at that moment. You know
2: what I mean? Yeah. Because, yeah, the, the first album would almost be that Negrado process, um, breaking it all down and starting fresh, basically, um, you know, met- metaphorically and uh, literally, because it is, you know, the first album. And then, going from there you got a little more confident on on dawn on the burning dawn album and then after that it was um you know you picking we pick, you know picked things from that album that we thought we could have done better and then we you know we just started almost fully fresh on black flame eternal it, it sounds so different from the other ones but um
1: that's a very yeah. triumphant feeling but like very dark that's, at the same time yeah, yeah. Way to,
2: um yeah i mean i think there's so much triumph and and discovering yourself through the darkness so i think that's what is uh representative on this album for sure
1: yeah it's like the idea of like to to reign in hell rather than serve in heaven you know what i mean <laughs> sure.
2: and, and yeah i mean the 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 power the, the satanic power is something that um it's not like a mopey feeling to me it's a very confident triumphant um feeling and, and but still having humility knowing that there there is something larger than than just us there's something bigger than just us out there i mean even just you know something like nature in general um you know nature is almost a god in and of itself and uh you know death is a god it's the only you know truth basically so just knowing that you're not you know there are things that are inevitable and that are bigger than just us but also finding that that triumphant and um that power inside of yourself i think is is an important feeling. And I think it's something that uh, I want to come across in this album, probably more than the other ones. I want the listeners to, to grasp onto that. And, and, you know, we went through weird times the past couple of years and, it, you know, put a lot of people down probably. And um, I think it's important to just stand tall and, and, you know, charge ahead.
1: Definitely. Yeah. And I'd agree too. Like, sometimes I think people get it very kind of get confused about the idea of, um, you know, kind of empowerment or like um i guess the idea of, of trying to attain rulership over your life or something as being like some type of hubristic like type of idea of like oh i can control everything but actually like to me like the real truth of it is like we engage with forces greater than us like you said nature or even the satanic power as a whole or you know like this dark force and there's actually a certain element of humility that you have to have like that i think um like, I've been really into Georges Bataille's idea of, of Dossifal, like the headless, ma- headless man, like like removing that kind of head of ego, but, and that's how you really gain true rulership, you know what I mean? That's, that's the, the steps through a kind of sacred r- rulership, you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, we live in a really, really, really arrogant time that lacks spirituality, and I think it's just not doing good things for humanity at all. Um, I think people just, they, they think this is the end all be all. And, um, they're the only, they're the only truths and humans are, you know, the only ones. And it's just, it's, it's very just strange to see and, and people can get so arrogant. And then, so when the, like the smallest little thing happens and they realize, you know, maybe they're not realizing, but like, to maybe someone like me and you were realizing that there's, you know, sometimes there's shit out of your control. These, these people that don't really have that grasp of that concept when, these little things go wrong. They fucking freak out. Um, like we saw during the past, you know, during like (laughs) basically the whole pandemic, um, you know, situations like that. And, um, you know, darkness is a double-edged sword, just like Satan. Really. I think it's, if it's for people that can handle it, but I think there's people that can't handle it and, and, you know, fucked up, terrible things can happen from it. If you aren't the type of person who can, handle it. You know, it can rule you instead of you ruling it. So I think, uh, yeah, it's always, it's, it's, it's not all, you know, sunshine. It's, (laughs) it's not, you know, it's not all, uh, it's not all cool and, and, uh, you know, empowerment all the time. It can be something that's very literally dark and, and it can rule people in different ways. But if you're the type of person who can, do things with it and, and rule it instead of let it rule you is, I guess what I'm trying to say. It can be, it can be, you know, very powerful, but it's not always like that. Um, it's, yeah, like it's double edged sword, you know, it's, it can be, I mean, that's where, you know, that's where the evil comes from. It can be. And I think that's just something you have to recognize, um, that it's, uh, yeah, it's, there's two sides to every coin, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, you know, um, Jack Parsons wrote the book, like, Freedom is a two-edged sword, you know, or whatever. Like it's, it's kind of how it is. Like the satanic path gives you freedom, and it is a two-edged sword. And you know, I also feel like there's a certain level of it too, where there's an element of you only raise as far as you can, like as a person's naturally. So, like, um, in a sense that some people just aren't, you know, they 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 use this kind of path for mundane selfish reasons or whatever and that's as far as they're gonna go and they're probably not gonna end up
2: yeah indulgent kind of reasons yeah it's it, not gonna benefit them
1: yeah and and they'll end up like just kind of like destroying themselves generally or then you have there's there's kind of like uh you know there i do believe an idea of the devil is the tempter you know like in the sense that um people who are really attuned to this path can see kind of like behind that kind of veil of of the of this kind of thing and see the truth of it and see the black flame behind it but then there's going to be people who are going to be tempted by the surface level you know temptations in the path. you know what i mean and they'll just go astray you know
2: right i guess yeah for for sure um i always kind of use the metaphor of uh you know darkness and 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 Satan as like a metaphor with, with rock and roll culture. Um, you know, for me, rock and roll has always been, you know, no matter what form of it, it's always been something that's very powerful and, and, um, something that has always lifted me rather than, you know, held me down. And, um, it's always made me make the right choices in life rather than the destructive ones. And, but some people, a lot of people that get into this type of stuff it's kind of made i mean i've seen it kill people um you yeah, know definitely. get drugs get into alcohol we've all seen that you know get into get into that sex drugs and rock and roll thing that is part of the culture but if you let it go too far it's going to kill you and it's not going to lift you it's going to bring you down um so i think that's the same i kind of use a metaphor just with with kind of that the, the same way i feel i view you know dealing. The dark arts and, and discovering that side of yourself and um it can be a really depressing thing for some people but it's never you know it's always been a more comforting at home thing for me um just the way that i view it so uh but of course i mean everyone has those times where it's you know a little more down a little more uh depressing but it uh it's always there to kind of lift you up in the end but yeah, yeah. i think it, it, it all depends on the type of person you know it's not for everybody
1: no definitely not i mean even Anton antonio said that the a satanist is born they're not made you know like sure. you can't make somebody who's not suited to the to the satanic type of current like sure you know
2: be- not everybody like um can deal with with true freedom uh, i think a lot of people really need something to lead them in a way that everyone needs a god sort of
1: yeah i, I think some people definitely need that and. You know it's also just not adapted i mean ever since i was a small child i've always been attracted to the dark side of things you know what i mean like you know four or five years old watching fantasia seeing like Chernobyl is the devil or whatever and being like yeah i like that you know like <laughs> so like yeah for me it's always just been a very natural thing you know like right yeah i just feel like connected to on a deep level you know what i mean like
2: yeah yeah and yeah i mean for sure. I mean, just getting into horror movies and stuff when you're younger and, and, th- and you know, recognizing atmosphere and kind of just feeling at home with those types of things is, I think, a natural thing for a lot of people that are into this type of stuff or into this type of music.
4: But then again, I mean,
2: you know, I've always been into health conscious decisions and, you know, I'm, I'm into working out and eating healthy and and I'm a very moderate uh, person. I don't overdo anything uh, with with my diet or eating, you know, shitty food. Or so I think there's, that has always been something that is empowering to me is, is, you know, treating your body like a temple and not letting yourself degrade. Basically. I think that's, to me, that's almost part of, of the, the satanic path is is being that powerful, the most powerful version of yourself, you know, in a way it's, it's not, it's not destroying yourself in my opinion
1: no yeah that's definitely something different you know like um and i mean obviously there are probably some segments of the particularly like the more black metal oriented forms of satanism which will just see satan as a, as a destroyer where they're they're kind of like living in that way where they want to destroy their bodies destroy everything like
2: you like know, a shining type of band or something like that
1: yeah exactly your craft or something like that yeah. yeah like and i mean i do think that is a side of of the whole thing there is a de- very destructive side but i think for for uh, in a lot of ways though i'm i'm i see that as being something that can be useful at times to to engage with that destructive side but i i've never been that person who's like all about that you know i always have believed in 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 that kind of balance and i see satan as both a destroyer and a creator you know
2: one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, it's like even Kali or Shiva or something. Um, one of those deities is is the same. D- Destroy to 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 be reborn. Basically, um, I think I think life goes in cycles where you go through really, really just down times and some some much worse than others. You know. Um, mm-hmm and, and I feel for those people that have been through, you know, extremely hard times, but, you know, hopefully they can come back stronger, uh, be reborn and, you know, as a, as a stronger person, but, um, everyone's got, you know, life goes in those cycles. Like I said, it's, it's, it's ups and downs, you know, it's got lulls, but it's also has, you know, great, um, you know, moments of ecstasy and, and, you know, great, uh, great moments as well. But, um, you kind of have to make those moments too. And you got to, you know, design your life to be the way that you want it to be. It's, it's, it's hard sometimes, you know, dealing with just getting by or just how mundane it can be at at times as well. Um, You know, it's not always the most exciting every single day, but that's just, you know, that's just life.
1: Yeah. I do agree with you. Like, I think that part of it is like kind of creating, trying to do that work to create, the everyday life that you have to be the most fulfilling that you can i do think that's a big part of it in my opinion like yeah um you know like and obviously it's a, in progress you know i mean like it's always in. it's, it's part of it that's going to always be in progress but like you know like on the path like you know like um like i think that the um it's going to be a, a um process of evolution and transform transformation and hopefully you're transforming it into the direction that I think attunes yourself most of your your true will you know what I mean like and that's been a big part of it for me that um um that really like uh has been a big part of it is like when you kind of like you have to strip away part of that destructive side of the thing is the destroying that kind of mundane side of ourselves it's just like programmed by T V and media and, you know, whatever. If you're born of like religion, you know, you have to fucking deprogram that all of out of yourself and whatever. And then you kind of strip yourself down that negretto process until you discover that that I think eternal essence within us. You know what I mean? That black flame within us. And then once you really attune yourself with that and continue to do that work to, to attune yourself to that, that's when in a way almost naturally the world around you is gonna kind of transform it like in accordance of that way you know what i mean you, always, you have to put the work in to make that happen and continue to kind of progress the world but the more that you kind of are, t- are tuned to your true will the more things will kind of come together naturally in a way you know
2: yeah I, and i've seen it happen in my own life i you know i went through a time of kind of weird transformation of um, questioning different things and getting into different things and uh ever since then it's only gotten, be- you know, it's only gotten better for me, um, you know, even, you know, en- entering my 30s, like you get more confident and you get more of an understanding of how you view these types of things. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I've seen it happen, like I said, and I've seen it happen to other people. And, you know, and and when, you know, it's like a memento mori, really knowing that, you know, death is inevitable and death is that master at the end, you, you have to, do as much as you can. If you, if you have a goal-driven mentality and and you want to gain that, that sort of power in the life that the short life that we're given, um, you know, when we're singing about death, we're, we're, we're honoring it and we're respecting it. And we're, um, you know, it's not singing about it because it's cool. It's singing about it because it's something to be revered and and knowing that, the, that, that is what awaits everybody. And it's, um, not something to really play around with, you know?
1: Yeah, I agree. You know, um, you gotta I, uh, revere death to bring like more meaning to life in a way, you know.
2: Exactly. Yeah, it's it's that's it, exactly what it is, and um, I don't really like when people sing sing about that stuff in like a joking manner, or sing about you know death and Satan in, in joking ways. I maybe take a little bit of offense to it in a way. I think it's something to be uh, just respected and um,
3: thought about a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I'm not. I don't really like bands that do it in a very like uh, tongue in cheek way. Generally, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, at least you can't take it. Se-
2: like, there could be great music, musical elements from them, but to take it seriously is just <laughs> not even really a question. Yeah, for, for certain types of bands like that.
1: Yeah, the, like I I will be okay with a band who's like we want to do something that's like uh like an old satanic horror movie type of feeling. Sure. and you know like and it's
2: like but it's
1: not necessarily being jokey you know but it's more like a horror movie type of atmosphere
2: I mean, definitely i mean i love acid witch you know they're based off basically like halloween doom metal um it's just yeah it has that vibe so it's i, I know what you mean yeah it can yeah. be if you're not saying at least if you're not saying that you're something that you're not that's totally fine yeah you know, if you're admitting that it's just entertainment and,
1: but uh, i but if you're like uh yeah if you're actually just straight up like trying to make do it in a like silly way, I don't really, I don't like that, and you know like yeah. I don't also don't appreciate bands that use like this type of stuff stuff like, and they themselves don't actually believe it, you know. If you're they're <laughs> like, they're like posing as an occult black metal band or something, and then they're they don't actually know anything what they're talking about. They're just kind of like
2: yeah, reading off demon names or something yeah um,
1: I can't I can't also, stand it <laughs> yeah
2: there's also kind of the other side of that where it's like just people that study and read it, but they don't actually apply it to to life uh they they just kind of read and study but not really you know walk the walk i think I think it's really you gotta do both um there's only so much reading you could do before it's like it's just gonna go to waste basically.
1: Yeah, you're just kind of accumulating knowledge for no reason, you know. To, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Knowledge exactly. has no, to be put into action. Yeah, you know, with yeah. uh, self transformation and you know ritual and this kind of stuff, you know, like,
2: right.
1: yeah, the um, yeah, I mean, those two, two, two things kind of go in hand to hand. When you have somebody who doesn't actually believe in the occult but writes about it in their lyrics for some reason, you know, like, yeah, if, you know, yeah. or they read about it but they don't they don't actually believe it. It's just like fantasy or to them or something like. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't really like that you know
2: yeah and like you said i mean there's there's obviously the sides of of the fantasy elements that are you know in movies and stuff that are cool to watch or whatever but it's not really to be taken much beyond that
1: yeah like i mean i love like old 70s like satanic horror movies like you know yeah yeah, like the devil a daughter or you know that kind of stuff like and i and i find it inspiring in a way but um you know there's a a big difference between that kind of stuff from like you know real practice but you can still watch those things and be inspired by it you know I mean if you look even back at Bathory like um you know the first three Bathory albums are very much inspired by those types of satanic horror movies and you know like comic books and all that kind of stuff but but also at the time Quarathon actually delved into it I mean I from my understanding he was actually reading practicing like witchcraft and stuff when he did return of darkness and evil you know like he took it like 100 percent, you know what i mean which i think is you yeah. should be doing like if you if you're writing out the stuff you know
2: yeah definitely yeah i mean all that bathroom materials you know can't be underestimated it's so influential for for what black metal became yeah yeah i mean
1: that's like that's like to me like you know Bathory and hellhammer Satan, you know like uh, you know like so, satanic rights demo like battery, yeah. all that stuff like that's like ground zero for black metal you know
2: for sure yeah yeah definitely um yeah i just listened to blood Fly, fire death the other day and great album <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah that's another one yeah and and that's the thing with with and when when he kind of like moved away from that kind of satanic stuff he didn't just keep writing it because he felt like he should he went and did found something else to write about like the viking stuff or whatever you know what i mean like
3: yeah, which is yeah, it's a noble, noble change.
2: Um I like Hammerheart and Twilight of the uh Twilight of the Gods, but um not my favorite. I'd yeah, say yeah. the first four.
1: Yeah, I definitely prefer the first four myself. I mean yeah. but probably I, you know, under the sign of the black mark is kind of the um
2: the coolest album, but I'd say Bloodfire Death is arguably the, the best one where he became the most confident. But under the sign is a, such a great album with cool atmosphere.
1: Yeah. The return of darkness and evil is actually my favorite for like straight black metal you know but
2: I mean, that's the most chaotic for sure um, yeah but yeah. but
1: probably the, the the best one like you said it would be you probably under the sign of black black mark i think i mean
2: such a cool album um return is 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 a funny one for me the drums have always felt i love the return but the drums have always i've i've never been able to figure out the beat that he does because it's almost like a reverse beat like but it's almost off time in a weird way uh yeah. <laughs> it's really really hard to pinpoint but yeah, it's such yeah. a it's such a great insane chaotic record that is a crazy you know step away almost from the self title
1: yeah well it's, it's funny. a lot different yeah it is it's funny too like i've heard a lot of bands try to cover like the return of darkness and evil the song you know yeah and yeah. uh you know i've heard like watain cover it, and Suter, and yeah. all these bands and none of even like watain and suitor are two bands i absolutely love neither right. one of them could really get that cover right you know there's something about that song that that just is so i don't know it's just the way they play it is like so fucking. it's like i don't even know what time signature it really is you know what i mean like it's just so like weird you know what i mean <laughs> well,
2: i know i know watain does the um the version that was on the swedish compilation you know there's two versions the the one with the slower double bass and then the one on the album which is the faster um so there's yeah there's that earlier version which i actually prefer it's got the more uh i think it's like the duke 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 like the double bass uh, almost like overkill motorhead beat type of thing um yeah and then they did they like sped it up on the album and did it um much more fast and kind of more black metal sounding yeah. yeah i don't know if i've heard the shooter version um great yeah. band though i saw them live here last year
1: oh that's awesome yeah, yeah. They, they um uh it just got released like there's like a ep that they released this year alongside oh, okay,
2: okay.
3: Yeah. maybe yeah. i did yeah it came,
1: came out along with with their new album okay uh, and uh yeah you check it out it's, it's a ep of all battery covers it's just
2: oh cool, cool. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they were really cool live. They played this festival that we have here last year. Um, it was cool to see them. Oh, I like that Desert Hell record. It's a good one. Yeah, Desert
1: Northern Hell is sick. Yeah, that's a great album. yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. That, that shit's cool. And then they're coming out with a new one on uh, Season of Mist. This oh, year.
1: It just came out like, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago or something.
2: Oh, really? It's already out? Yeah. Damn, I'm going to have to check that out. Have you listened to it yet? Yeah, it's a great album. That's like, cool. Yeah, I'll
1: check it. I'm kind of waiting a little bit for it to cool down a little bit before I really dig into it because it's very it has a kind of colder atmosphere in some. For
2: sure, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? Man, it's it's like near a hundred degrees and humid as fuck here all all month. So it's been pretty miserable. <laughs> I hate <Yeah>. the heat. <laughs> Being from Georgia, it's weird. Everyone makes fun of me for saying I hate the heat, but I just I don't like it. It gets way too humid here. But
1: yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, you're in Georgia. It's 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 fucking. Yeah. The sweaty, sweaty there, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> our first uh our first date of the tour coming up, the US tour is actually in Denver. Um we have a couple like solo dates that we're gonna do before, but the first one we'll rejoin with the tour package is, is in Denver. So that should be cool.
1: Yeah, I saw that. I'm gonna have to double check what day it is and see if I can make it or not.
2: Yeah, cool. Yeah, let me know. Yeah. yeah the um... um is it getting is it cooling down there at all or is it I see you have a hoodie on, or is it just cold in the house?
1: It's cold in here because it's like uh, AC's gone. I live in a no. basement, so so it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, the uh, no, it's 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 pretty hot. Like you know, uh, luckily you are not as humid as there, but
2: no, not at all. Um, my buddy just moved out there, and he says it's a lot nicer weather. I like Denver; it's a cool city.
1: Yeah, definitely doesn't get as sweaty. I mean, this summer's been pretty pretty mild overall. I mean, it's still pretty hot, but you know, it's not not as bad yeah. as it could be right but there's right. kind of you know like this time of year i don't know i don't know if like i know some people probably like this but i'm kind of seasonal with i'm listening sometimes where it's like there's certain types of black metal for example i can't listen to in the middle of summer you know what i mean it's just yeah i need to listen just you know if it's it's got a little bit too much that, that cold you know scandinavian atmosphere it's like kind of need to wait for like fall or you know what i mean like yeah, I'm kind of the same with I'm
2: very traditional with with the movies that I watch. Um, I watch the same movies in October and in December even, um, you know, but there's but then I'll kind of like mix into. I, I definitely watch the most horror movies in October like it's generic as that sounds, but it, it just gets me in the mood to watch them. Um And then in the summer, yeah, it's more, you know, I'm going to go for like Danzig three rather than, uh, you know, like Dark Throne or something like that.
1: Yeah. Uh, or like that, that tone or like immortal or something like i pretty much only listen to immortal when it's like blizzarding here
2: <laughs> yeah, my my winter album uh my snowy album when it does rarely snow in georgia is uh fimble winter by satanic war master i love that album yeah that's a great one very like cold yeah sounding album i love the. i actually love the synth tracks that he does on those a lot it reminds me a lot of kind of the the snow in the winter but uh yeah and then in the in the october and in the fall i always bust out um first spell by gehenna i really like the atmosphere on that one and the 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 keyboard parts they do and arcanum um, the first arcanum i really like to listen to in the fall so there's definitely yeah i'm like you there's definitely albums where i like to you know bring out in the certain times of the year
1: yeah yeah i tend to gravitate to during the summer like stuff that's a little bit warmer sound or like um or like I'll, I'll, a lot of times i'll listen to old school like thrash and you know sure. like, like black thrash stuff or you know like yeah. maybe some like um death metal stuff like incantation or something that i like oh, yeah,
2: definitely you know more yeah more. do you like cannibal or de- I've, I've kind of been in on on a deicide phase because i got a that box set that tape box set a couple weeks ago so uh yeah, them or I mean, even fucking. I, I admittedly I like a lot of eighties metal, and so I'll do like Rat or like, even like Maiden and Judas Priest and shit like that in the summer. So um,
1: yeah, there's just something about like listening to, I don't know, like Motorhead or you know that kind of stuff in the summer that just seems to fit. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> it's a little more, uh, a little more for that weather, definitely.
1: Yeah, And Danzig the same way. Like the first three Danzig albums definitely go real well with summer and fall you know you know spring summer fall you know what i mean like that's like the best time
2: it's weird though the first Danzig album is a very winter album for me because um i discovered it around that time and i would listen to it getting ready for school all the time and it was like in the cold mornings so every time i hear like end of time or soul on fire or not of this world it's such a like wintery sounding album for me for some reason um but yeah, yeah that makes the sense. other ones are definitely more yeah that could go for summer
1: yeah or just like yeah like you know like yeah Danzig two for example i mean it was recorded like in new orleans and it's got that new orleans like type of uh, southern yeah. feel to it you know what i mean like for sure it
2: was it act- was it actually recorded in new orleans i didn't know that yeah pretty sure it
1: was yeah that's cool yeah, yeah. yeah. like Love um as far as I know it wasn't, you know, like did you ever see the um the V you know how they did the VHS tapes for Danzig One and
2: Danzig Two? Yeah, I, I have both of those, yeah, I love them.
1: Yeah. The Danzig Two one, you know how they go out and they do like I'm the one or whatever, like and it's just like them like out and I think it was some like weird shack or something like that, like in the in the swamp or whatever. Yeah. I think they- that was rec- recorded while they did that.
2: Yeah. That in the, uh, killer wolf video with the, sh- with the shed. Um, yeah, I'm the one with, yeah, I think it's just John and, and Glenn and there isn't there like a gator in the video or something. It's very swampy.
1: Yeah. I think there's like um, a, a woman like in the video as well. Like, I mean, most dancing videos have like a half naked woman in it. So yeah, <laughs> especially she rides. <laughs> yeah. Like, or like, yeah so many of his videos are uh even the later ones like uh was it the serpentina one or whatever like yeah yeah the um well i mean yeah per- i'm like thinking i'm like yeah pretty much almost every, almost every dancing video <laughs>
2: yeah <laughs> as it should yeah yeah that's um,
1: appropriate for dancing <laughs>
2: for sure um i liked when he he got into his leather gloves era with the with the women on the cover um yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I've been, uh, I listened to your podcast with um, Jackie about the later dancing stuff and it kind of got me more listening to, uh, you know, six and seven, especially. I really like seven now. I like that album a lot. Um, Cause you know, I, I admittedly didn't do much past four, uh, but six has some really good songs too. And then death red Savoy has some cool stuff. Um, I can't get as much into five, honestly, but I would say seven is kind of his more return to form in a certain, in a certain way.
1: Yeah. Seven gets a little bit more um, towards like some of the earlier stuff. And, you know, I'm a big fan of circle of snakes as well. Okay.
2: Um, Yeah. I'll go back to that. one. Yeah. My friend bought that one when we were really young and I think we were really confused when we put it in because we were such misfits fans and we, you know, we knew Danzig mother probably, so we saw that album and, you know I was like oh I'll just buy that one let's see what it's like and it was not what we were expecting <laughs> that was kind of the um yeah that was the album that sort of confused us and then i finally got you know the first album and, and realized what it was
1: right yeah circle of snakes is very it's probably one of his heavier albums you know
2: oh yeah i could yeah. see that yeah
1: yeah i'm a I'm big fan of all, all danzig i mean i would yeah. say i would say in a, in his career i mean i i will back danzig five but it's probably is one of the. Like the, probably the weakest one out of out of the albums but right um, probably my favorite is dancing four at this point in time four
2: is great and it's so overlooked it's got such good song i mean going down to die is one of his best songs ever such yeah. a good
1: song. um you got going down to die you got dominion i don't mind the pain is really um, good yeah i don't mind the pain um uh, uh bringer of death and uh, yeah
2: let it be captured. So, it be. Really good. I think yeah. I heard you say on that that Danzig was your all, kind of all time favorite artist. I would I would probably say the same for myself. Um, Just the way that he went about his art and never really surrendered and never compromised and was always doing dark stuff and and occult stuff in a time where it wasn't cool. I think is really respectable. Um, you know he always just he always stuck to that which is really really cool
1: yeah i agree yeah like i mean like you could see like he's always been darker stuff i mean and you know the early misfits is you know obviously more about horror movies and stuff but by the time he got to like earth ad you could see why he kind of shifted to sam sally you know because he's like yeah. i want to take a bit more darker more serious type of yep. tone you know what i mean and it's like um and even the Misfits, though, I mean, that pretty. Nowadays, I mean, there's a lot more horror punk stuff, like, that's that's pretty good, but, like, you know, Misfits was. I mean, there's a lot of punk people who, yeah, they like the Misfits, but they won't, like, um, I don't know, like, because they're not, because, like, they're so, like, very stru- staunchly unpolitical and all this kind of stuff, like, they're, you know, like, there's a lot of punks that seem to kind of overlook the Misfits in a way, like, even on yeah. the same time, they, they'll listen to the misfits and they like misfits they'll be like like i have like you know there's not they're almost never mentioned in any like punk books you know what i mean like
2: that's weird i mean they're one of the best punk bands of all i mean they're they're i grew up as a punk and, and playing in punk bands and misfits is the one band that's stuck with me forever you know i've ditched other bands that i just it, they didn't stick with me as much but i'll always go back to the misfits um and I would say, yeah, Sam Hain is definitely his most like cult band. They were the most obscure, um, you know, had the elements of, of goth and, and post-punk, but very, very dark. And I mean, fuck a song like the howl or, uh, uh, he who cannot be named. I mean, there's such great weird songs, especially on that first album.
1: Yeah. The shift. Like... The shift.
2: That's the one I was Yeah. It's yeah. such a cool song. And, um,
1: and of course, like Unholy Passion EP is amazing and
2: November yeah. Coming Fire. Yeah, like she I would say I, w- I wish, I almost wish Unholy Passion was a full record because that the songs on that record are some of my favorite Sam Hane songs. Yeah, that too. Yeah. The coolest release, but um, yeah, I mean, November probably, probably the best album collectively.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard to say. I mean, I don't know. Like I like all, I like all three equally. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of, it's kind of different, different thing. I mean, Sally and I mean, I still has like the same type of vibe throughout all of them. Probably Unholy Passion's like the strongest songwriting, you know, like in a way. But for full album, like, yeah, it's hard to say because fucking yeah, the first one just has such a uh, an initium has such a um, dark, a certain type of dark, kind of right. primitive atmosphere to that album that really feels almost like black metal to me, you know.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that that definitely. Yeah, that might be their darkest one. We actually did a... We recorded a cover of Black Dream um, on this, you know, record cycle. So we're going to try to maybe put it out as a digital single, you know, later in the year. You should,
1: uh, you should do that for for Halloween, like how Mike did the one for, uh, I think, for the shift for teams. Oh, like yeah, a yeah. Years ago. yeah.
2: I was thinking of doing one. I was thinking of doing it on, yeah, November 1st or something. Um, putting it out then would be really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah goddamn damn that uh, yeah that album rules but um
1: i remember getting back in the day i got the uh the samane box set
2: yeah yeah i have
1: that yeah with the tape and everything i watched it i still have the tape i still have every, everything but like unfortunately the only problem is that you know they came in like the 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 cardboard like you know sleeves like the cds hey, and those same. are all those are all getting fucked up like i, I really need yeah. him to reissue the goddamn albums like so buy new versions of them you know
2: <laughs> there's got to be some sort of um stranglehold with
4: well no because wasn't that his own
2: label doesn't yeah. he own all... yeah i don't know why he's not putting them at least on spotify or at least reissuing the albums he could be making money but i don't know he's you know he does his own thing <laughs> and he doesn't give a fuck, which is respectable
1: well i mean he has been we have been getting all the reissues of the, of the Danzig solo albums, you know, that we've been out of print for a while.
2: Yeah. So like five, Just came out in six.
1: Yeah. Like five, six, seven and circle of snakes. I think probably next will probably be unholy Sabbath. I mean, death, red Sabbath, I imagine maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe that's in the works to put out the same and stuff. Cause he really needs to do that. I mean, there's so many people who are just like clamoring, like, and I need, yeah. I want to get new versions of them myself, you know, like, yeah. And, um,
2: i have yeah. bootleg lps because <laughs> that's what's going to happen people are just going to bootleg them so he might as well just put them out um yeah I definitely needs to... have boots
1: yeah he needs to put them out like i just have the original cds like I, it would be cool to have like a, an official like vinyl versions of them too you know what i mean
2: yeah for sure yeah i think i have all Danzig boots as well because a lot of those are bootleg now too so <laughs> i mean if i see them i'm going to get them right yeah i mean
1: I think in a way Samin is like probably one of my favorite things he's done you know
2: for sure yeah very very uh definitely the most interesting and out there project that he had
1: it's probably one of the ones that had a real big impact on me as far as songwriting and stuff in particular because yeah like i said there's something about initiative that feels very black metal like yeah, that that
2: I, I like the, a lot of the tribal beats on the toms, uh, you know, with the drumming. I think is really cool, and um, like because Sean for Cloak he does a lot of that sort of tribal element to his his tom playing. So
1: yeah, which I love. I'm i real really into like toms, like yeah, a lot of tom working this stuff. And that's actually one of the things that that really uh, one of the, one of the features of Cloak that I really like is how there's like all the toms and
2: yeah, and, he's 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 very um sean's a very original style unique drummer i guess i should say he uh he, he does a lot of those kind of parts that i wouldn't have come up with when i was writing the riff or something and then he comes in and does something that's totally you know different than what i had in my head and it really makes it cooler so yeah he's a he's a really unique drummer
1: yeah i'm really in, i'm into that type of stuff that, yeah there's one thing that's cool about sammy and stuff like the i'm in the in the box that there's like that booklet with like um was it uh london london may was talking the drummer was saying when he joined sammy for november coming fire he's talking about how like even for him like the drum beats are so weird on that on that album like he had to have like a lot, like some of the stuff danzig just recorded himself like he's so like has some type of he has a vision that he, he knew exactly what he wanted like these kind of weird songs you know well, yeah, um,
2: I know an interview you're talking about is it's that yeah that like hour long London May interview, and he said yeah when he went in there he was so con- he, I remember him saying these aren't drummer beats these are you know Glen dancing beats because they're not normal. Um, I think what was the song there was like a specific song he was talking about. It might have been uh,
1: I think it's to walk the night right or Mother Mercy. Yeah,
2: yeah to walk. I mean to walk the night is a little bit strange if you listen to the timing Um, it's because Danzig was a songwriter, but not necessarily a great musician. You know, he couldn't, he wasn't, you know, the best guitarist or the best drummer, but he could do it. And he had a vision of how it wanted to do it. And I think that's the magic of the solo band when he got members who could play really well, you know, Chuck Biscuits, one of the all time best drummers uh, John and then, eerie of course john was a phenomenal guitarist so when he got those guys in there it just became something so great yeah and even with
1: the first danzig album like a song like possession very much that sounds like a sam main song you know what i mean (laughs)
2: yeah which uh i guess on the final descent record isn't isn't there an early version of possession or is it only twist of Kane?
1: Uh, there's an early version of it called Lords of the Left Hand Path, I think, or Lords Le- of okay. the Left Hand or something like that. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's yeah, kind of the same song. Possession later. Yeah. Right. Possession. Yeah. 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 Um, that. And then the early Twisted Can was way different.
1: Yeah. It's totally different. <laughs> but I'm but funny. Yeah. What was the. There's another song like that that he did that um, transformed. Well, I mean, a lot of the Sammy songs, he do, he like rewrote, kind of rewrote Misfit songs like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All hell. and, yeah. uh, uh,
2: horror biz.
1: Yeah. They kind of became something different. Yeah. The, um, yeah. There's something about all that. Like, this, like, you know, I don't know. Danzig was just like, and even to this day, I think, um, you know, like, even with Death Third Sabbath, he did some of the drums on that, you know, like, he still, like, kind of has this vision of, like, okay, it's going to be like this, you know? <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's definitely uh, a visionary, for sure.
1: The one, the only, the only, the only um, thing I'm not really into of Danzig is his, is his movies. <laughs> uh,
2: so i uh, I couldn't I couldn't bring myself to fully watch him. I feel like I need to just because I'm such a fan, but uh, I've I've heard they're just not even worth watching.
1: I well, I mean, I started watching Verotica. Yeah, Uh, I got about one section through it, and I was like, "Okay, I'm gonna have to come back to this." (laughs) I
3: I
2: heard there was a shot where you could literally hear people, like the crew talking in the background. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Or he'll just kind of zoom in on a wall, and then and then pan over to the to the other people, and it's. Yeah, he probably should have let an actual cameraman do some of the moves and techniques. Um, Yeah, it's a goddamn. (laughs) <laughs> i went to school for for video so um yeah it probably would be a little bit hard to watch with that stuff but
1: yeah you yeah. so you so you went to school for 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 video like for uh for filmmaking or
2: yeah so i did um all throughout high school i took a video class and uh i yeah i went to an art school here in atlanta and i um i did i actually did tv production because I the film program was down in Savannah, Georgia, and I didn't, I didn't want to leave Atlanta. So um, yeah, it was basically, it was film and TV, but there was a lot of editing, a lot of live production stuff. And um, it's, uh, you know, I've, I've carried that over. I've, I've worked in that field for a bit. Um, not as much anymore, but I've been able to do it and use it t- towards cloak. Um, Cause I've done all the editing on our music videos and some of the filming on we did all the filming on the second album's music videos and then uh first and third album we got someone to film it, but I've I've done all the editing. So I've been able to use my skills to at least put put towards the band, which is cool.
1: That's awesome, yeah. Like
2: Max did too as well. He he studied media and, and, and video, so
1: that's awesome, yeah. I've always had a fascination with uh with actually make doing you know, video making, filmmaking, whatever. Um it's I fun. Did, yeah. I've done like for my for my old band the silver cord like i did our videos um we did a couple of videos back in like you know the two thousands or whatever and uh filmed on like you know a handheld like uh yeah you know high high right. videotape you know the the, the, the mini yeah the, yeah the mini the, like digital I- tapes yeah yeah, I- yeah. whatever it's-
2: yeah, we we definitely grew up filming on those. Um, we used to make movies as kids all the time, and and in, in high school, um, and even in college, we would make short films. And it's silly, kind of um, you know, dumb stuff to look back on. But if but you know, I look back on some of the editing, and it's you know, for the time, it was cool. Um, to, you know to, to us and my group of friends growing up it's you know a lot of it is like an inside joke now but we yeah we, I mean we did that for fun all the time so we at least had that creative outlet of trying to you know come up with a concept and in and, and a pseudo not really a script but you know coming up with it on the fly and we would we would get together and make these movies um but that you know it's carried over to my you know skill set that I could put it towards with with the band stuff so it's 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 paid off I guess in a way cuz It'd be a lot of money to pay people to do our videos and we we get to do it for essentially free which right. is nice
1: yeah i know? mean it's good to have that kind of backing yeah that background yeah. to do that like yeah and I mean, graphic
2: design as well you know learning to do graphic design it's important um because i can do a lot of that for the layouts and the shit like that so
1: yeah that's that's really important now that's something that i'm not I do not have any skill in is like trying to figure out computer programs for graphic design yeah. stuff. I'm like it took, took me a while, but I'm,
2: I'm a little more skilled than I used to be in and, and Max's as well. So he's he's learning a lot as well. So I do pretty much all of our shirt layouts and then I've done some album layout. I did our whole second album layout. Um I can't draw or I can't paint, but I can do the layouts. So Right. You know, and I'm very, very self taught. Uh, but it you know, it can still work for when we need it to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, something that that eventually you want to try to try to learn better with uh you know like my my graphic design um level was like making like stuff in paint back in the day you know yeah. in the early yeah. thousands you know like <laughs> yeah.
2: yep. um i mean i grew up making zines and, and flyers with cut and paste so i feel like i've taken that cut and paste mentality and put it to the digital layout world i guess so um, I try to make things look a little more rugged and old school when I can. Um, sometimes the art doesn't call for that. It, it calls for more modern context, but, um, you know, we did a recent shirt. that kind of has more of a, that old school look to it. Um, so I, I like both. I yeah. Like, like,
1: ex- like the one you did for the um,
2: Mexico tour. Mexico,
1: yeah. That's a pretty yeah. cool, pretty cool. Yeah. Very, very primitive, simple, but it looks yeah. cool. Yeah
2: man yeah yeah we wanted something just i kind of had to throw it together last minute so it's yeah simple design but sometimes the most simple are the ones that sell you know the ones that people love the most So we sell the most of them so it's kind of funny but um I, i've always liked the simple graphic design as well
1: yeah there's something said for a very striking image you know like right i mean the first bathroom like we mentioned <laughs> yeah exactly you know like and um I do really like that kind of that kind of element of something that's like a central image, you sure. know. That kind of really drives, you know. Which I get. Which I like the uh, the cover for this new for a new album as well, Blackwing Eternal. Like the cover you have, kind of has that same feeling too, where it's like a very striking image, you know.
2: Yeah, and um, funny you say that because that was exactly what we wanted. We told the artists, we want a big center piece image that you can almost spot from across, across the room. Because, um, you know, our second album was more of a painting and I did I just didn't want to do anything overly complicated. Um, but there is a lot of detail in the center image, but it's a big, you know, it's a big striking centerpiece, like you said. So that was definitely a conscious thing that we we wanted to do for this album. But um, I'm super happy with the art. Uh, I love the front and the back cover. Um, it's definitely the most proud I've been of, of any of our album arts. So. Yeah. Jordan Barlow did it. And he, you know, he studies the occult and he has an eye for that. So that was definitely fitting. You know, I just gave him some lyrics and he he went from there. He, he really didn't take that long to, to kind of come up with a concept, but he's a phenomenal artist. He did the last 1349 album and he's done stuff for High on Fire. He's done most of the Go Horror records. Um, okay, cool. So he definitely has a name. Yeah. He's he's a good guy.
1: Yeah. I really, yeah. I really like that, that art piece. Like, It also feels more in keeping with your earlier art as well. Like I saw that you have like the um, on Spotify, there's like the that first, I guess, EP or single you did like um, that has like a kind of similar thing where it's like a very striking central image, very kind of primitive, which I really like as well.
2: Yeah, it definitely it has, you know, it's more it ties in more to how maybe our first album looks than our second, you know, the first album has more of that symmetrical, a little more centerpiece. But yeah, yeah, that first EP. It's got um the lyre instrument uh with it with this kind of snakes coming in around it um yeah it's definitely more of a centerpiece there for sure
1: yeah definitely has a kind of uh interesting like um feeling like i felt like with a lot of your stuff there i don't know if this is the case but it almost has like a kind of uh i guess like greek or classical like a dark mm-hmm. d- dark side of that in a way coming kind of coming through some of sure. some of it in a way yeah
2: yeah, and I think, yeah, I mean, it wasn't really intentional, but now that you say it, it definitely has that. Um, you know, I've always been into, you know, the the pillar look and the symmetrical, you know, something on each side to tie, to tie in the, the center. I, I really like symmetry in art. So um, we've kind of tried to keep that going uh, if we can to make that work. So that's probably where that comes in. Yeah, a lot of those kind of the pillars, like I mentioned, and um, like our back cover has these kind of flaming, pillars on the back with a with a border around it for the song titles
1: yeah i i, I like that as well like particularly uh, i've always been influenced a lot with the idea of like gothic architecture uh-huh. it, the, you know this type of like archways and, yep. and everything like that like or you know if you look at the medieval art and a lot of times it has these kind of like more rectangular like higher stuff going on and then maybe you know images on either side and stuff like that like a yeah. trip, triptychs and stuff like that or
2: yeah i love i mean part my favorite part of a lot of black metal art is, is the borders i mean even the old scenes um the tape covers i have those two both volumes of that uh uh, uh black terror propaganda uh is that yeah <laughs>
1: Uh, the, black Analog Terror or whatever. Black
2: Analog Terror, yeah, with the with the um the tape covers in them, and I love looking through those. So I, I've always really liked, um, yeah, that style of art. Uh, and then even c- coming from Ponca, a lot of that was, you know, Discharge had a lot of cut-and-paste type of artwork, and Amoebics had a lot of the border type of illustrations as well. So I think that a lot of that shit carried over into, you know, more of the primitive black metal stuff.
1: Yeah, definitely the kind of cut-and-paste, like type of yeah. um you know take it down and copy it type of artwork do you get with uh yeah like punk and yeah i really yeah i like i was big influence in black metal as well and just like the whole like early era metal like uh metal scene like um tape trading era like yeah i'm i'm big i love all that i, I haven't i don't have those books but i'd like to get them because like the it's something really inspiring just looking through all that kind of art like you know and
2: yeah definitely yeah i mean it even has when cradle of filth was you know first coming about it has their demo tape so it has like big bands um like catatonia i think uh big bands like that who were who changed so much from black metal but it has them you know when they were doing that that tape trading scene which is really cool
1: yeah there's something really inspiring about looking all that kind of stuff and yeah the, 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 you're talking about the borders like it also makes me think of like say like the uh, original cover for like the back cover for in the nightside eclipse yeah yeah the band pictures with like the kind of like frames around them and stuff like right. yeah that's something really that true. is cool
2: yeah it looks uh that looked really similar obviously to like the somber lane and uh you know the the back cover of that or uh uh you know yeah early dissection albums uh obviously and you know, they all had that that same that similar art to the blue the blue style art. Um, even entombed, you know, had that blue style. Uh, it's very popular, I guess, in the early '90s. But yeah, I love all that bordering and stuff. And um, emperor has some really great promo shots as well. You know, where they're on top of the, the mountain looking over. I love those.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I like the, those ones. Like um, where Ishan's got his like. Uh... The, fucking, the, clo- uh, the cloak on and everything yeah
2: yeah it's such a such a great shot the
1: um yeah the, i really like those i like the the early shots for like dark throne like when they're in that that fucking you know like under a funeral moon like in the back of that where they're like in the in the, the cemetery and everything
2: yeah i would say that's probably their i like that cover the best out of the, out of their album their early kind of trilogy albums you know Blaze yeah. in the Northern Sky might be my favorite earlier Darkthrone, but Under Funeral Moon is definitely a close second. Um but it has that more of that raw vibe I guess where black metal went after that. And and like Varg helped write some lyrics on that album I think so that was cool too.
1: Yeah, the Under Funeral Moon is probably uh probably my favorite Darkthorn album. Just yeah. the whole 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 vibe of it. I think it's a pretty perfect black metal album, you know, in a lot of ways. Yeah. For for the kind of more uh the primitive stuff i guess yeah primitive a little bit more uh yeah raw like you know because it's got that more early bathroom type of production and everything yeah. like those very catacomb sounding where yeah. i really like though, like the kind of real like powerful production of like um the mysterious so like that's probably one of my favorite black albums of all the time
2: oh for sure yeah i think that drum sound and that guitar sound kind of took where black metal went in, you know, even the early 2000s with a lot of, uh, you know, you talk about a lot of the uh, uh, orthodox, you know, third wave that came on Scott and Watan, of course. I mean, Cassius Luciferi is almost the, the, the evil twin of, you know, De Mysteries, I feel like that yeah. had... Of a similar vibe um and the way the toms are just huge wraparound tom sound that you can you can hear go around the speakers like you're you know they they recorded it in a big church room which makes sense um if you watch that that Helvete documentary on on a lot of the early norwegian stuff they walk around in that that church room where they actually recorded it and it makes so much sense why the, the drums sound of that big
1: um, yeah because i think they, they had the drum set on the stage and then they had like Varg yeah. and Varg and Uranimus, like in the actual like hall, right? Like facing yeah. the drums, like
2: right. And then I guess Attila did it in one of the rooms, but um, yeah, yeah. It's always funny. I always always like forget Varg, uh, play it on bass on that record. But yeah, it, um, man, I love the early Burzum stuff too. I think it's funny. I actually, I probably prefer. I probably listen to more of the early Burzum stuff than. Mayhem and Dark Throne. There's just something about the way he blended keys and atmosphere in, in his early records that I just love.
1: Right. Like uh, uh
2: This like, is set to us and
1: Dead Summon and yeah. That's probably my favorite one. Such
2: such a good record. Um obviously Philosophum. Um and then Bellus, uh, uh that kind of first post prison album, I think is phenomenal as well.
1: Yeah, I like Bellus and the Fallen. They're both yeah, really good. Yeah. yeah it's kind of like um
2: kind of like the second part of bellus to me a little bit but it's a little bit darker i
1: think than bellus in a way yeah yeah
2: yeah, yeah great records though but yeah man those those early ones i've those are definitely kind of wintry records to me for sure definitely yeah
1: the i uh, actually like this the re-recording that you did as well the from I do too. darkness yeah
2: darkness. yeah that's a great that's a great little compilation um I like the way his vocals came across in that one, too. Yeah, it was a cool record.
1: Yeah, it's one of those cases where I kind of got why he did it. Like, because in a way, like, what he was doing is he wanted to be like, um, because really, like, the first two Burzum albums, I mean, he wrote those songs, like, kind of concurrently in a way and just kind of split it across those two. And so I think his idea was let's try to combine the best songs from those two albums and kind of redo it in a way and i think that he did a good job with that actually
2: for sure yeah um yeah well uh, i was gonna say something to that uh yeah i mean it's like like i've been listening to a lot of gorgras under the sign of hell and I it almost took me listening to the re-recorded version to appreciate the original more because the, the production on the original is, is sort of crazy like the first three songs or the first two songs or something, the snare is almost out of control. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then it kind of gets more in the mix, the farther it goes. So I could almost hear the songs more on the re-recorded version, which I like. I like the re-recorded one. But then I've been going back to the original more and realizing how fucking great that record really is. Um, Because, I, you know, I always liked Pentagram and Antichrist a lot more. But uh, man, Under the Sign of Hell is a phenomenal album.
1: Out of that original Gorogoth era, because I'm a big fan of the Gaul era as well. Me too, yeah. yeah. Um, but out of that original, you know, Under Assigned Hell is actually my favorite. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because it, it, it hits really hard. Like that production is so fucking grimy yeah. in a way. You know, I just I did something about it that I really like. You know.
2: Yeah, yeah, so good. Blood stains a circle, and uh, uh, what's that invocation song? I forgot the full title, but um.
1: I like that the devil is calling and <laughs> Yeah.
2: Great. It's such a good album. But yeah, I actually like the re recorded version of that. But yeah, um
1: I actually never listened to the re recorded version. <laughs>
2: it's, it's obviously a lot, you know, uh a lot cleaner and everything, but it has, you know, pest back on vocals for it. Um it's cool, it's worth a listen. But yeah, I mean Ad Mahorum is such a good gall album. I love that one. Yeah redefine where they went after that
1: i really like insipid satan and uh plight of the of the idols and yeah. Ad i like oh, i love all three yeah. of those albums. yeah really so, good Insipid satan like really pushes things in a way which i really like where yeah very atmospheric yeah some stuff that's melodic at the same time then then you have like that 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 last song love rages wild in my heart or whatever which has like the singing and everything i, just, I always liked how like and I know a lot of people make fun of it or whatever. I love that song. You know? Yeah, I,
2: I didn't mind it. Um it almost yeah. Did, did you like the Gall's Weird stuff that he did where he, he kind of does some clean singing in that?
1: Yeah, I definitely like Gaul's Weird. And uh yeah. I also really like Trolldom as well.
2: Yeah, Trolldom's great. Yep. Um they're definitely in that uh in that book uh black metal tapes that i mentioned at least i'm pretty sure i know they're in um i got that new, that arcane archivist zine the last one that he did and uh th- there's like a full interview in there with him but um yeah. yeah so it's yeah i mean all that stuff's great i had a friend um go to norway a couple months ago or, or last month or something and he went to gall's art studio and he actually you know when he walked in he kind of peeked around the corner and Gall's just in there, you know, like making coffee and right. he's just in this corner. And, uh, he said he was extremely polite, uh, really, really good to them. Um, hooked them up with, with merch and, uh, you know, they, he offered, uh, he offered to share a bottle of wine with them. Unfortunately, um, that, th- they both didn't drink, but, uh, yeah, it was really, he said he was just an awesome guy. Really, really nice guy.
1: Yeah. That's what I've heard. It's, it's, it's funny because you know back in the early
2: 2000s like he was pre- people were
1: kind of scared of Gaul you know what I mean and now like they're like oh he's actually not he's a nice guy you know like-
2: yeah, well, <laughs> all the lore with the whole vice thing that came out and then the um you know thing with him capturing the dude and keeping him in his house which is- <laughs> I mean I'm pretty sure that dude wronged him so he had to do it
1: <laughs> yeah exactly yeah the, I mean there was there was history there you know like
2: yeah, yeah. I, I don't really know the story of that something i don't really even know i mean did he I break
1: think, it? No. i think the guy broke in yeah the guy was like like i think was like um golf said that he used to have to deal a lot with like people like and like fucking with them basically you know what i mean like uh. because like a lot of people in the kind of i guess like uh countryside of norway particularly back in the 90s were They'd be very antagonistic towards the black metal guys you know like and he said they right. used to have like people like like police outside of his house like every day like watching him and you know like um and yeah so this guy like broke in his house and then he was like well i'm gonna teach him a lesson
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah he, like, fucking tied him up kept him in there a couple of days or something
1: yeah and it you know i mean probably not the best thing to do but uh you know like
2: hey like, broke into his house come on yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> you know, it it is what it is. Like, um, I feel like all is the kind of guy that I feel like he's the kind of person that if you're, if you're cool to him, he will be cool to you. You know what I mean? He's probably those people who like, if you're a fucking asshole, like you should probably be scared of him. You know what I mean?
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's always the way I've perceived Danzig as well. You know, people have made, you know, endless jokes about him and memes about him, but everyone that I've talked to that has met him and that are, that were cool to him said he was cool back so you know if there's going to be some dickhead like interviewer he's going to be a, a dick to you too you know it's it's just kind of the way it goes but uh yeah, yeah. i
1: feel like danzig doesn't i think well, jackie was talking about that like cuz he did an interview of danzig and he oh, said it went yeah. great and he was always talking about how like just got the feeling that danzig doesn't isn't going to waste his time you know what i mean so if you're asking dumbass questions he's just going to get up and not do the interview anymore you know like and i can appreciate that you know like
2: yeah yeah i mean, I mean that, honestly there's tons of interviews even that i do where it's just it, it's very mundane run-of-the-mill questions where i'm like did you do any research or like look into anything further than uh where uh, where'd you get the band name who did your logo um when did you form like it just i don't know it just is i feel like you, you could ask such better questions about about a new record especially and so I definitely feel them if they're asking, you know, stupid ass questions. Like I remember seeing one where they're where they the interviewer said, uh, you know, how old are you?" And he just goes, "Old enough" or something like that. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then he he like he said back to him, he's like, "If I had myself here, I would ask different questions than how old are you." So you know, you have the time allotted to do these questions. So we'll, you know, think of something more creative than that. And and you know, he's right.
1: Yeah, I think. That's, that's what i think like i mean like dan like Danzig. Like, like i feel like yeah he's just not gonna put up fools you know i mean yeah if you're respectful to him he's gonna be cool with you i mean like that's how it is like the um i never understood that like it gets really tiresome to like if you go down like a rabbit hole you're like oh i want to watch some interviews of a band or whatever and you go on youtube or whatever and try to and yeah. there's so many times where you'll get the exact same information yeah yeah because yeah. they'll they'll ask the same questions and then some of these artists will kind of have the same answers to everything. So you just hear the same, same spiel over and over again. You know what I mean? You're like, God damn. Yeah,
2: for sure. Exactly. Yep. You know, and some bands are more interesting to watch than others with interviews. Some give a little more way, um, but yeah, it's it just gets a bit old. I think they should come up with different questions. That's why this, this, this podcast scenario that is more modern is is kind of a cool thing because it's it's more conversational um you can kind of get different bits and pieces of of different artists interests or just um, um, almost like you're a fly on the wall in the room while they're having a conversation if you're interested in that in that band or that artist so i think that's a good thing
1: i definitely think it's a lot better yeah like that's the kind of um structure like jackie has and and uh and whatnot or like mike has on his podcast and that's kind of like for the for for me as well it's like yeah know, i like to just go in and have a conversation you know what i mean talk right. about stuff like yeah if i know we have some similar interests and in stuff that we like you know what i mean <laughs>
2: Yeah, for sure and um like you mentioned the thomas erickson podcast i wish he i wish he was still doing those because i loved that podcast where he went you know basically all the f- more f- you know famous norwegian musicians that he got to interview it was really really cool
1: yeah i mean like i mean yeah i wish you'd do more of those too because like if you think about it some of those interviews are kind of not i mean like that one of gall for example or, or some of the other ones i mean those are people who don't normally do conversations like that you know what i mean like they don't uh, yeah filenaz or or nog from Suter, or you know like they're yeah. like really get in depth with their career and and you can tell part of this because they're comfortable because they know him yeah. he's another a, Nor- norwegian uh, guy yeah, yeah. like because those norwegian guys can be kind of like kind of hard for people to talk to you know it they seem to yeah. feel comfortable because it's like a fellow norwegian black metal guy and for sure yeah. whatever you know what i mean
2: yeah um i love that podcast so I, he did some with some mayhem members that were really cool
1: um yeah with uh, with,
2: uh and then did, did, i think he did a maniac one as well it could be wrong uh, Or he
1: did, he did one with uh the ri- messiah the original messiah, that's
2: what i'm thinking of yeah yeah that was um the gall one was good yeah uh i remember in, in that one he said something like oh and all this pandemic shit and then gall said what shit no no it was a great thing or something <laughs> like <laughs> you got to just, probably just hole up and chill
1: yeah but one thing one thing i like that gaul was saying and that was uh he was talking about how um you know particularly of, like norwegian black metal like how now the, the government's trying to like kind of like placate them and you know like oh like we're you know honoring what you do for us and all this kind of stuff right but you know he's kind of like we got to remember that we're wolves that like you know 10 years ago they were had like fucking cops on us all the whole time you know what i mean like <laughs>
2: yeah. i mean yeah now they're a you know they're a national export um i heard uh speaking of a cool greek band lucifer's child uh he did an interview with that ralta guy and he was saying you know when a band like latin comes to play greece the swedish government funds it or something like that or the embassy helps fund it so it just shit like that that you, you know we would never experience as an american band you know art is not really that supported here by the government like it is over there
1: no yeah 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 i listen to that as well and he's talking about that he's like yeah like the uh yeah i the yeah the, the, the um, swedish embassy like helps them out and all this kinds of stuff you know he's like the greek embassy is not gonna help us if we go to you know finland yeah you know what i mean like
2: that is yeah. that is wild though that they you know they can get funded by things like that i i just as an american it just has never like I even do that on
1: that. if you think about like watain i mean watain's albums hit number one on fucking the swedish charts you know what i mean like <laughs> like they're, they're they're pretty like important band there you know what i mean in a lot of ways
2: definitely yeah but so, I mean, a lot exactly. of
1: those, yeah and a lot of those norwegian bands Finnish, swedish bands and all those guys they a lot of them were funded by the government like they got grants like varg vikernes himself got a grant from the fucking Norwegian uh government for making his music and stuff and and yeah. they, they got a assistance with like having like rehearsal spaces and all those kinds of stuff you know like yeah,
2: exactly so it's just you know and over here we're fucking scrounging to figure out where to rehearse or something like that <laughs> luckily we can do it in my house I have, a, I have a basement area but like you know most bands I know are it's it's rough to to get to get a band going and to, and to keep it lasting. Um, you know, we're in a fortunate situation where we, you know, all, all the guys are level headed guys and we can, uh, you know, we're really goal oriented and we we treat it like it's a, a serious thing in and, and a business and, a, um, you know, not a business to make money, but like a business in our life and and to, yeah, to just keep it going that way. So it's, uh, if you don't have that mindset, especially the, the older you get, it's just, it's not really going to work. So, um, yeah i couldn't imagine being funded to do shit like this it's always been more of a struggle in in my eyes
1: yeah that's Just, one that's one thing i always have i always feel like is important to stress to maybe like european people like to think that like american bands like a lot of us are like working 50 60 hours a week and then doing the band on top of it you know what i mean like trying to like it's hard it can be really hard like you're like yeah it drains you yeah you're like we're not You know a lot of people in europe just have like a higher quality of life than we do here in the states you know what i mean
2: (laughs) yeah i think um you know i've always said i've always said that the issue is the the us is just too big it's just way too big to to um pander to everybody i think it really needs to be (laughs) divided in fourths or something it's just such a big country and um you know i don't really know what that would do but it yeah a lot going on here and, and a lot to uh, account for so
1: yeah definitely
2: and there's a lot of and, and speaking of bands i mean there's just so many bands there's there's tours every fucking month you know multiple tours and um you know yeah it used to be i feel like more fans than bands and now it's just like every fan is every fan is in a band so it makes it hard sometimes to um you know stand out or uh or at least you know get a tour going that that'll be somewhat successful um touring is very difficult especially in the states I, I can't wait to get over to europe to see if it's any better over there which i've heard it is but uh yeah it's it's a hard thing for sure you got to really put your ass on the line and you know take some risks
1: i feel like i feel like cloak would do real well in in europe you know like your sound yeah. like would be real uh, has, has a very european feeling in a way you know what i mean so. yeah for sure yeah we,
2: we've been told that and um hopefully we're gonna be there next summer is the plan so finally uh we'll get something worked out over there
1: nice yeah one thing one thing i wanted to ask you about i mean to ask you so like with your album one of the things that i really like about it is the production too like you have it has a very powerful sound like like um what did you get how did what, like what was the recording for that because i'm just curious like like yeah thanks
2: um well the recording for it was really difficult actually we went through just it, it took a really long time um we knew we knew from the get-go we wanted stronger drums stronger tom drums especially you know speaking of i basically said a modern version of, of day Mysteries, basically you know that that bigger tom vibe um,
3: yeah
1: i love the drum sound on the album it's like perfect drum sound
2: Thanks yeah so we said we wanted that uh, we wanted a little thicker guitars and a little thicker vocal production and then more low end to the bass so that those were the things we wanted to go and into it you know that we weren't as happy with on the on the second album um so it took uh yeah it took about 6 months from start to finish because there were a lot of break, there was a break to tour in between, and then just the, re- the recording itself took fucking forever. Um, we were going to a studio that was about 45 minutes away every day. And, you know, it was mostly me going every day. And, you know, that we, you know, once the drums were done, he, he didn't really need to come back for a while. And same with the bass, but, uh, So we did a lot of the guitar stuff that took a while. And then vocals were recorded at a a different studio. So that took a while. And then um, the mixing process was where we kind of had a hang up. And we had to go back and forth a little bit uh, to get the right mix. And we ended up going with Cameron Webb, who mixed it, um, who actually did Danzig 6. He did the production. He did the mix on that record. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, I got to ask him a bit about uh, working with Danzig. Um, he didn't have very fond memories of it, but it was, it was fun <laughs> to hear. Um, so he actually did yeah, the last like seven or eight Motorhead records as well. And he's worked on like a bunch of really cool albums. But yeah, so he did the mix, uh, did a really great job on it. Um, then we mastered it with Audio Siege. Uh, but yeah, I think I think a lot of where the cool sound comes from was Cameron's um Cameron's mixing really he did a really good job on on figuring out how to utilize what we you know recorded with the engineer um and then engineer did a great job too but, but yeah it was uh the mixes were we really had to hang up so yeah but uh, yeah I'm glad it, it came across um because we wanted something really specific with it and I think it just it took a while to get there uh unfortunately but it uh yeah i think in the end it it, it paid off um and it's hard to do it's hard to mix this stuff there's a lot going on you know we added a lot more undertone of of you know keyboard midi tracks to thicken things up and shit like that so um you know i did a lot of vocal work as well i tried to um really make my vocals stand out a little more on on top of this record
1: right yeah because yeah you guys have like a bunch of keyboard layers and stuff going on which can can get it can be kind of hard to figure out the balance for all that kind of stuff so everything sounds still sounds powerful but i mean if yeah. you think about it if he's the guy who's mixing motorhead i mean motor is yeah. always the band that's like everything has to be audible like heard like up everything at 10 you know so you can really hear like everything and i've i think that the the last, like, Motorhead albums sounded very powerful, you know, so... Yeah, yeah. I think he did Inferno,
2: was, like, one of the earlier ones he did, um, which is a cool record. And,
4: yeah, he made a Momo
2: sound heavier. And I know he said that Lemmy wasn't keen on that at first. He he basically, you know, the first meeting with him, he said, I want to make you guys sound heavier. Uh, I think we could have a really cool thing going. And I, and I think he said, Lemmy said something like, yeah, but you know, we're motorhead. We don't need to sound like a modern metal band or something. You know, we're we're we sound like motorhead. And I remember I think Cameron said that the guy who brought him into the meeting was like, Man, I think you blew it. You shouldn't have said that. And then it and then it turned out that Lemmy actually called him back and said, I thought let's let's do this. Let's try to work together. And then ended up doing the last records of their career with him. So um he did like seven, eight or something like that. So he won him over somehow but yeah he, he he definitely gave them a heavier edge but um yeah i think a lot of uh the, the where our album the heaviness comes from as well is is the low end of the bass and we wanted we definitely wanted more of that as well on this record to really carry the the foundation of it so
1: yeah because um, really
2: you know is, is thinner sounding a lot of times but we wanted to be thicker
1: yeah i i'm i'm really into black metal when it has that that you know low end like kind of uh, distorted bass type of sound like kind of like yeah. you know that just like thickens everything up you know even like dude mysterious has that with the bass is very odd oh, yeah. you know like but yeah. the bass lines of that record are great there's great bass lines yeah and you know obviously like watain has a lot of that where they have the real strong bass and yeah it's like what and you know whatever kind of bands that so i just really i like that kind of sound i'm not I like it when you have this really you know thick bass sound you know what i mean like for sure yeah i'm not really into bands when they have like the little teeny tiny like bass sound but yeah. even i mean even if you think about uh under a sign of, uh, under a funeral moon that yeah. album is basically just guitar bass and drums it's just yeah, the bass yeah. is so distorted that kind of sounds like a guitar but i mean
3: right
2: yeah didn't they didn't they not double their guitars isn't it like one and one like on each speaker i can't remember
1: yeah i think it's um there's just one guitar and the and bass
2: yeah, right it's, just yeah. Like, it's essentially like a band practice or something uh, yeah. like live band practice recording. um yeah. yeah I mean so I I really like the behemoth Satanist record and so I re- I really like the way the the bass stands out on that album um
1: yeah it's and a it great really, album
2: it just carries under it's a very bass heavy record so that was sort of a reference of uh you know the, the the bass um yeah
1: I can see that yeah like it's that kind of like the satanist that had a bit more of an organic sound than say like yeah for sure the apostasy or something
2: oh yeah Yeah. demigod or something you know those are much more technical
1: yeah where the satanist had a bit more organic sound i could definitely see that that comparison with with terms of tone and production yeah
2: yeah 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 Yeah. but um yeah um i think it you know we're, we're we're pretty happy with it still so I think that'll kind of be a, a indication of where we'll go kind of in the future is, is from this record moving forward.
1: Yeah. We definitely got to keep that kind of production style because it fits your music. Yeah. Like perfect. Like,
2: yeah, yeah. thanks man. Yeah. And I think even live, we kind of still have that, that heaviness. So we wanted to capture what it sounds like live on, on, on the record, but make it, you know, as, as big as we can. Right. And anthemic sounding, I think is a way a lot of people kind of see it. So including ourselves you know it has a a nice anthemic sound to it
1: yeah yeah i mean that's the thing too if you like eq it's all about kind of finding the right eq for the guitar's bass and getting the right right kind of drum drum sound you know what i mean like in of itself like i think is probably like the most important part like you know no, no matter what people do mixing as long as you get those that proper balance in the actual instruments themselves i think that really is like the best you know then they'll translate live as well you know what I
2: mean for sure yeah definitely yeah you got to lay that foundation now yeah
1: because because you know like there's a lot of bands who nowadays like just go in and you know record stuff and then they just tinker with it forever you know what I mean like they you know they it's not really like the the sound of the band per se you know what I mean
2: and I think organic is like you said, the way that we wanted to portray it as well, because um, we, we're very aware that we are a modern band, but we want it to still sound organic. I think there's a lot of black metal records that come out now that sound like they just plugged straight into their fucking computer, and it just all sounds DI, you know, d- you know, direct input. It just doesn't... There's no bite to it, and there's no, like, low end... Um, yeah, I really hate the type of production on blackmail records that just sounds like so digital
1: yeah i hate that too yeah it's yeah. exactly what i'm talking about and it they just kind of everything just sounds like this plugged directly in and yeah did some like drum program drum programming or, or just total drum replacement you know what i mean or whatever i'm not uh, that at yeah, all i hate the that
2: that have come out this year that are like that and i'm just like god damn it's terrible production but the average listener doesn't really even understand or like care about that. So it's kind of annoying, but, um, cause you know, you put in so much work to make your own record sound at least a little bit organic.
1: Um, I think people can still, even if they don't know it, they can, they know it. If you know what I mean? Like there's like, there's a certain thing where, you know, it feels different and I'd be attractive to some people, you know, to me it's very attractive. Like I'm into stuff that sounds, Um, organic, you know, like this sounds like, yeah, these guys, you know, either play together or it sounds like they're playing together or it has this feeling like, I don't know, there's something with um, just running through an actual amplifier, you know, with like running, you know, recording actual drums instead of, you know, doing all fucking, you know, drum replacement.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That stuff sucks. Um, You know, once in a while there'll be an album that is clearly a, a solo record, you know, solo man record that that comes across good but but the best ones are usually when they get when they can like play the drums or get a session drummer like Funeral Mist does or um I'm not sure if the did uh ockley's record as a band or was that did he hire a session guy for that I'm not sure I know you talked to him more but
1: yeah he has a he has a full-time drummer for Oculis okay. so. so
2: yeah so it sounds you know it sounds that that is a good Sounding record as well, and it, but it's still raw and vicious. But it, it uh, you could tell it was recorded, you know, as a real you know band. So,
1: yeah, it's a very powerful sound, yeah. And I mean, uh, and their drummer, like, um, like he plays like that, like he's like in a he's like a fucking like incredible drummer, you know, like, yeah,
2: very fast,
1: yeah, like he plays yeah. that fast, like. Just naturally, you know what I mean. Like, <laughs>
2: yeah, it's, it's not easy to do this blast, um, for sure. So yeah, it's uh that's an impressive record. I'm, I'm I'm stoked to see where that goes on the on the next one.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, from I've heard some 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 demos and stuff, and I think think they're going in a really cool direction. So awesome. Oh yeah. The uh, yeah, definitely the production he got on on the Aquis album was great. I mean, generally the type of Production, you know, he's always been at pretty high level production, even of like Nightbringer and everything.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that had some thick production as well. Those are good albums. I, yeah. I need to read those. It's been a while. um Good stuff though. Yeah. Did they play live much out there, or not really?
1: Um. No, they don't really play live in Denver very much. Like, but they they um, like I think uh, you know, did if they play in Europe more than they play here
2: <laughs> yeah, tours, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: I've, I've been to some rehearsals and stuff. So like yeah. the, um, so I, I've never actually gotten to see them live, but I've, I've been, you know, at rehearsals, like and gotten to hear, you know, semi-live, yeah. I guess. Cause you're hearing how they're playing, yeah. together
2: you know, <laughs> they, played, uh, they played that festival in Atlanta, like two years back. I, I wasn't able to make it. I think I was on tour, but, um, yeah, Mass Destruction Fest. I think they played. So, uh, they actually played Psycho Vegas the same year we played last year. But we, I think it was right as they were going on, we had to start setting up for when we were going on on a different stage. So unfortunately, I had to miss them. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I would yeah. like to see it,
2: but yeah. fests are always a bit of a um, hectic situation.
1: Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I've never never played a festival, but. Like, just from what I know about it, it sounds, like, pretty pretty fucking uh, stressful. Yeah, it can
2: be. It's, it's pretty rushed getting on and off. And we try to have a little more stage elements, um, you know, on our stage. So we can't really set a lot of those up at festivals.
1: Right, yeah. It kind of makes it hard to to do yeah. the whole stage setup, right? Yeah, it does, yeah. Unless, unless you're, like, Watain or somebody, you know?
2: Yeah, where you can demand it, you know?
1: Yeah, like your headlining or, yeah. Yeah. Next to headlining,
2: right? Yeah,
1: is the mass destruction is that like a, a big festival out there in a- Atlanta? Is that is that the you at?
2: Yeah, it's getting there. Um, it's getting bigger and bigger. We got autopsy coming this year, coven, uh, bolzer, um, incantation. Last year was uh, S- sacramentum, which was really fucking cool to see. Uh, uh, uh shooter, um bulldozer played uh played so it's it's cool um unfortunately i'm going to miss it again this year i think we're doing another tour in november uh just an east coast tour that we're booking right now so i was kind of upset that i I figured that out today i'm like oh fuck we're gonna we're gonna be touring um i'm also missing the danzig set in september where he's doing the whole first album which i'm super bummed about missing here because i really wanted to see that but yeah we're gonna be on tour
1: i saw him do that uh for the what um second album no it was for the first album it was like in 2000 and i think it was like the 25th anniversary oh yeah yeah Yeah, i think so now it's
2: like the 40th or something
1: yeah he did he did one he played the full danzig album and then played some other stuff and then had doyle come out and they did a misfit set at the end yeah or, or i guess it
2: would be yeah now it's for the 35th because yeah 88 um yeah it was yeah. twenty fifth. like 10 years ago so <laughs> yeah yeah so now yeah the, okay so i saw that i think i saw that tour too where he did where you got doyle with him in 2013
1: yeah i think he yeah. played i think he that was for the first album i think he played i don't remember if he played the full
2: album or not but yeah i definitely saw that tour though um i've seen him like Four times now. I saw him do all of dancing three at Psycho uh, in 2018. And then saw him last year in Atlanta. It was phenomenal. It's at this really cool venue here called the Eastern, really big venue. But um he, he god the set list was so good. Uh and then I saw him in 08 with uh it was like the blackest of the black with demo and um, a couple other bands. And then yeah. I saw that, that 25th one. So, yeah, now it'll be the, the
1: 35th. But, uh, yeah, I'll miss that. Yeah, I've seen them. First time I saw him was in 2007.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: which was a cool show. And, he, that he had, and again, he had Gorgeous Frankenstein tour. So they played. Uh, that was, like, the first time he did the Misfit sets. Oh, uh, so with they, Doyle? He, yeah, he, they came out at, at the end for an encore and did, like, a 20, 25-minute Misfit set or something like that.
2: And yeah then,
1: that's and, awesome yeah. and then um then i uh i missed that one with demu unfortunately that was dimu and Moonspell. oh that. that's right yeah yeah definitely kicked. i definitely that was one of my that's one of my big show regrets is not seeing that not getting to that one but then i saw him with the black is black with possessed and marduk
2: oh hell yeah that's awesome
1: and i saw him for that 25th anniversary one and i saw him again in like 2016 or something um
2: oh, with, you said possessed played that one with marduk
1: yeah i was possessed and marduk
2: wow that's really cool i didn't know yeah, possessed. yeah i know he was like a fan of marduk and they they've toured together but damn that's cool
1: yeah and uh i think that was the first like tour that possessed did when they got back together yeah yeah and it was awesome i mean they were it was really great and i'm, I'm a I huge i'm a huge fan of possessed so
3: yeah
2: yeah seven churches rules so uh, we played a festival of them in North Carolina um in May and got to see him then but I wonder when you saw them did he have the backing band that was the sadistic intent guys um because I know he did for a while.
1: It might have been because I think that was you know it was like 2009 or something like that you know yeah. 2010 so I, I think the, the, yeah
2: the sadistic intent uh dudes were doing the um the backing band for for possess wow
1: i think so yeah because because that would have been i think right when when he got it back together
2: yeah yeah
1: yeah did you like the last possessed album
2: uh yeah i I only i think i only listened to it once um but i i remember liking it i'll have to put it on again it's been a while
1: yeah i liked it and um it's a little too long in a way like all the songs are individually good but it's maybe a little too long but it's a great album Uh, and I love the the roto drum sound, <laughs> the roto toms, yeah. like it yeah. sounds takes you right back to nineteen eighties, you know.
2: Definitely, yeah, yeah. Those are cool sounding. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to jam that one again. It's been a while.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know why about those roto toms sound. That I just, I kind of yeah. like it. I like it if you have the roto toms, but then you have like a real big heavy four tom. You know what I mean?
2: Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that can sound they can sound cool.
1: Yeah, for certain types of things like uh you know generally i like a bigger tom sound but i think the the roto toms can sound cool for for that kind of yeah thrash- thrashy black metal or thrashy met thrash metal or whatever you know what i mean
2: for sure and i th- I like the toms where you can um you know in a big rack kit you can get those really long ones i'm not actually sure what they're called but they have more of like a higher pitch sound so you can really hear you know it goes from the really high to the really low when you do a roll around them but uh i think um yeah i think behemoth and and Watain have those those kind of longer ones um at least i know inferno from behemoth does but uh yeah that you can get a really cool sound like that we, we we're we pretty minimal um sean's got a double bass you know two bass drums just a single rack and then he's got two floor toms
1: yeah i mean That's... you don't. the reality is you don't need too much i mean yeah like, yeah yeah like i generally tend to... I do like that kind of sound, but for my own music, uh, a, a drummer just uses like yeah, like a three-tom setup or something, you know yeah. what I mean, like a four tom and a couple.
2: I like the double four tom. I think that's a cool thing. Um yeah. I I, th- I think it'd be cool to add another rack tom, but I don't think he wants uh I don't think he wants to just cuz he he likes the setup that he ha- I think it would just be a different setup that he normally plays on, so it might be kind of weird, but um yeah, the double four tom kind of makes up for it
1: i always like the uh you know like under funeral moon like i guess fenris had like a bass drum a snare a hi-hat and then like i think like maybe one one cymbal or something and then he had the big yeah. fucking four tom like the boom four tom. i love that
2: <laughs> he Just had basically no rack tom
1: yeah i don't think he had any rack toms on that album i think he just went or maybe like one rack tom or something but he doesn't yeah. play it really i don't think
2: no nah damn that's funny yeah 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 it's primitive
1: it's yeah it's like bring our super everything, everything back like it's such a fucking primitive like way it can be kind of cool but i'm always yeah. into that kind of just kind of tom stuff like it can sometimes even sound kind of caveman-ish like you know like vaughn you know i'm a huge fan of vaughn's like demos right. and yeah so jordan's john you know and just like Titanic blood stuff yeah, yeah i mean
2: that shit is the most primitive um but yeah it's cool I
1: know that um, they were also influenced by Sam Hain as well, because he said, they were said as much in like that The Cold is a Lie book. Like he was talking about that uh, Sam Hain and Danzig as a whole was a big influence on Vaughn, actually.
2: You can tell by, I always thought by the live pictures of them, you could tell they looked almost like fucking Misfits members with the way that they, they almost had a devil lock like haircut and they had like the, um, they were buff guys with, you know, with like the chokers and the, the, the. the yeah they kind of looked like Misfits Sam Hain members so it makes sense
1: um yeah yeah that's that's one of those things where I always always tried to always back the idea that maybe uh misfit you know misfits Sam Hain Danzig as a whole I think is a, is a pretty uh, pretty big influence on the extreme black metal scene but I feel like sometimes it's not as like you know you know, you know people don't mention as much you know what I mean
2: well yeah I think that was what I wanted to bring up earlier when we were talking about misfits is, I mean, to me, they're almost pseudo, you know, black metal in a, in way like prototype black metal or something like, well, well before the sound came because there's images of Glenn with a big pentagram, you know, written to do uh, drawn on his chest at a show, uh, like a later Misfits show, probably like 83 or something or 82, but, you know, they sang super evil lyrics and and they were essentially corpse paint um yeah so to me it was like prototype black metal
1: yeah i would agree um, like, like particularly like say like earth ad or you know some of the sure. stuff yeah that one in particular like yeah 100 percent. i feel like 100 percent. like i kind of include them like um into my you know proto black metal in the same way that say uh yeah like if you're talking about like Merciful Fade and Bathory and all that stuff like or even if you get a little bit more underground of like Death SS and stuff like that, you know,
2: 100%. Yeah, I think. And what's what's so cool about it is I don't even think Glenn was really influenced by really any metal, you know, other than Sabbath and stuff like that. So he was just if you think about how innovative he really was for the Misfits, no one was fucking doing that at all. Um, you know, no, they were in the hardcore punk scene, but no punk bands were doing the dark imagery, uh, or the horror thing or, or any of that. So it's just, it's kind of unbelievable, like really with how original and innovative they really were. And then, and then you step it up to Sam pain and it was even more innovative. Yeah. Um, yeah. Impressive.
1: Yeah. And I think that's, that's, yeah. And it's, it's crazy too. Cause you think about like, um, like, did you ever read that book, Please Kill Me? like
2: that. uh so i've read bits and pieces i never I, I read american hardcore um not please kill me though
1: i haven't read that one but please kill me is about the new york you know punk scene or whatever like the i mean it deals a lot with like the stooges and fellow underground as well leading into that but it only pretty much deals with like the the kind of cool part of the new york hard, punk scene like it's like you know like blondie and television and stuff but it's like they've Kind of, but then they mentioned that like jerry only from the misfits was like one of the only people at sid vicious's funeral you know right. yeah. and you're like that's the only mention of the misfits in that whole book even though the misfits were a pretty popular band playing in new york the whole time you know what i mean yeah
2: so fortunately there was more of a chapter of the misfits in american hardcore it's kind of worth picking up just to read their little part but um it was funny i think during earth ad they were kind of dismantling a little bit and uh it it said things like yeah glenn would glenn wouldn't even come to the sessions he would just be like asleep on the couch or something like that but (laughs) yeah i think it was a lot of shit talk and stuff but um who knows what was true but yeah there's you know i might actually pick that back up and just read that chapter um because it's been you know 15 years since i've read it but yeah, it's it's bullshit how they're not included in in that stuff because they I mean essentially we're a New York band you know they're a Jersey band but um you know played all, all the CBGBs and Max's Kansas City and um, all that so
1: yeah it's kind of it's kind of an odd thing like yeah like and I I mean I think part of it was that they were kind of antagonistic to the New York scene in a way so maybe they oh, didn't yeah. quite fit in like and and the New yeah. York scene is antagonistic to them and you know
2: like. I think they like shit yeah they would like shit talk and stuff on stage for yeah. sure
3: yeah awesome.
2: <laughs> uh, especially yeah. when they went out to um I mean there's a famous story of them in San Francisco where they were shit talking hard on stage and uh throwing throw some throwing some shade for sure towards the city and and there was just this huge brawl and like it got violent apparently like really bad and doyle you know beat some dudes ass and yeah it's this crazy story and then i think when sam Hain came back to tour through there they didn't know it was glenn and i think the promoter freaked out when he saw that it was him (laughs) and i think he the story is he pulled the promoter aside and like had a he like talked to him and said like i you know i didn't want any of that to happen it just got all out of hand and like you know i felt embarrassed and stuff that that was what i read but um yeah, there were some wild stories. I mean, just them getting arrested in the cemetery, you know, in, in New Orleans, the Misfits, you know, had that famous story as well. So it's just, yeah, they were they were hardcore. <laughs> yeah, <or laughs>
1: like like when they got arrested in um
2: in a fucking in oh London
1: in, in London, like the London Dungeon songs based off of yeah
2: yeah. I mean, fuck, they were yeah, they weren't a joke. I mean, they were doing they were living it so.
3: Yeah,
1: a London Dungeon, I mean, talk about, like, that's a, basically a metal song, you know, like London Dungeon or, like, Devil's Whorehouse. They both have this oh, yeah. metal riffs, you know what
2: I mean? Yeah, we we covered, We did a cover of London Dungeon with Cloak and did a 7-inch with that. And uh, I actually emulated the single of that record with the eyes on the cover. Um, oh, cool. It's on our Spotify, yeah. it's It should be under the singles on our Spotify. But, yeah, it, uh, yeah, we did that cover, and then we stepped it up to do the same hang cover on this new recording so we'll have to release that one somehow then we'll probably have to do danzig after that if we want to do the whole trilogy
1: <laughs> yeah you have to if you have to pick one danzig song to cover what would that be
2: oh i don't even know if we could do any of them justice because you can kind of get away with doing sam and her misfits as a band like this but um i've always i've always thought end of time was such an underrated danzig track that could be kind of cool because yeah. it has kind of a metal riff, ga, 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 like with the muting stuff, that could be cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think you pulled it off. Yeah, um, with my uh, newer black metal thing, uh, pro- project I'm doing right now, I I want to do a Misfits cover on our first D P Like probably like oh, yeah. probably Blood Feast. That's one yeah. that
2: I was really awesome. liked. yeah. We were thinking about. I remember when we did London Dungeon. It was either going to be that or Blood Feast, but. That's a great song, yeah. Earth AD is a, a special record for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just really like when it kind of turned darker, you know. Like, and I feel like uh, you could really see the yeah. D- Glenn was like, "All right, I'm gonna push this in a darker direction." And and I yeah. don't, I think in a way, Doyle and and um, Jerry only probably. I don't know if they were 100 percent down with that or not. You know what I mean? Like,
2: so, probably not. Honestly, yeah. Uh,
1: it seems like they kind of had a conflict. I mean, uh, what do, what is your, uh, what's your thought on the uh, Michael Graves era misfits?
2: I kind of have a soft spot for some of it. Um, yeah, I think "Dig Upper bones. Like you can't deny that song and scream. They're catchy songs. I um, was really so
1: like, I was um, really like on famous monsters. You got like descending angel and stuff like that. That's good. Yeah.
2: I mean, there's some, there's some cool tracks. I mean, I, I kind of view it as a different band. Um, I I bought those records in either like middle school or high school. And, you know, there was a time where I was like, I don't fucking want these anymore. So I sold them. And then like, as I got older, I kind of revisited them on on streaming and I was, you know, I I can enjoy them for what they are. I like to put them on around October and stuff. They're they're cool albums.
1: Yeah. I think even uh, Glenn Danzig had uh, Michael Graves, like on a, a show one time. To come on and had him sing like some, a couple of those songs at, at one show blended yeah blended like yeah so uh would, like at
2: a old like recently or old show uh
1: not too long ago i don't i'd, I'd have to look up and remember when it was exactly that's crazy.
3: yeah
2: like um with, with at a Danza gig or a misfits gig
1: i'm not sure which one It was like when they had doyle it was like doyle and
2: oh cool uh, wow that's crazy yeah so yeah. i'm
1: not sure that i'd have to relook it up as something i had had heard i don't know yeah, but, that's, yeah. Great. that's crazy. but you know like um, yeah i think that uh that era has some good stuff like you know those two albums have some good songs on them you know for sure and, yeah 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 and they, are what they are you know it's different it's just kind of catchy
2: like horror rock
1: yeah yeah it's like the kind of more catchy horror modern horror punk stuff like that I like. I mean, I, I really liked Famous Monsters when I was a kid, you know? And yeah. so I have a kind of, I have that soft spot for, for that album in particular, yeah. you know? Like. Did you like a
2: band named Calibries ever? It's like a horror punk band.
1: Yeah. I like Calabrese. It's a pretty good band. Yeah.
2: yeah. They, uh, I thought their last record was actually a step up. I thought it was that Flea of the Light record was really cool. They added a lot more keyboards and kind of creepy horror atmosphere. And yeah. again, like that's a band that you kind of listen to like you're watching a horror movie or something. But
1: um, yeah. I, I, yeah, their album, uh, um, the third one, is really uh, good. yeah.
2: Yeah, um, they call us Death. They that,
1: call it, yeah, that yeah. album. That yeah. album is like really good.
2: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that and Traveling Vampire Sure. Yeah, they were a band I kind of got into when I was younger too. And so it's kind of just like soft spot kind of sticks with you. But uh,
1: yeah, I think for, for that.
2: I was trying to look up the uh, the other album that
1: they did. That um, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, Lust for Sacrilege. Did you know oh, that yeah. one?
2: That, that yeah, album? it kind of got more gothic.
1: It got yeah, it got a bit more like Danzig era stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Sure.
2: Like yeah, we're uh, actually playing. Um, we were laughing the other day because they posted some tour they're doing, and we're going to be in New Mexico the same night they are and the venues are literally next door to each other. So <laughs> we're going to just go out with them and watch it. <laughs> but um, yeah, it should be cool.
1: Yeah. That, that's funny. Yeah, they're like right next to each other.
2: <laughs> literally. Like I Googled both venues. I was like, Holy shit. It's right next, right next door.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I've never seen Calabrese live, but yeah, yeah. it's probably, it's probably kind of, kind of corny, but you know, I'm sure so it's fine though. Yeah like sure they sure they put on a good show you know what i mean yeah, just like a you know. cool rock and roll show yeah i kind of i i do i do like some of that horror punk stuff like that that's more like about like horror movies and you know yeah i mean you know, like like i like them and there's a band from germany called the other have you heard them i've heard uh i've heard of them i don't think i've
2: listened to them though
1: i could re- i'd recommend checking them out for that yeah. same type of same type of vibe you know what i mean
2: there uh there was also a band in arizona called zombies that dude sounded I they sounded like Danzig and Samhain it was crazy oh, it was really? almost, yeah it was almost like all Sunday to you it was almost a worship band they they sounded his vocals were just like Danzig but um they had a kind of a core record
1: did did you ever hear the uh, Marduk side projects the uh, devil's Warhouse and uh yeah uh devil wolf or whatever like yeah i
2: it's been a while since i've listened to it though i need to i need to check this out again it's it was pretty cool wasn't it yeah it was really cool
1: yeah Yeah. uh particularly the yeah i think think it's yeah devil wolf was the other one right i think um
2: was it just morgan and some other dudes or
1: is it uh let me try to remember what the what was the other trying to remember what the other uh it wasn't Devil Wolf, it was something else. Um Death Wolf, sorry. Yeah. Oh cool. Yeah, Death Death so like yeah, it was like D- Devil's Warehouse was the first one. Devil's Warehouse I think sounded a bit more like a tribute like Trickle their first album. But then it kinda got more metal in the second one and then then they changed to Death Wolf. And um yeah, I think it's Morgan playing guitar and i, I think he might even do vocals, I'm not sure about that, but um like, the Death Wolf stuff is really fucking... I like that stuff a lot. Like, it's really cool. Uh,
2: yeah, I'll have to... Let me... I'm gonna, I'll add that to my uh, list here. That sounds cool, though. I don't yeah. think I've listened to that.
1: I definitely recommend the Death... Yeah, the Death Wolf stuff. The Devil's Warhouse stuff... Uh, I think only, I think the first album is, like, you can find on YouTube. But, like... Um, right. Uh, yeah, like, I think you like the Death Wolf, like... Uh, um, I was That's like cool. really into it like a little while ago, I was like listening to it fucking constantly for a while, you know what I mean?
2: <laughs> was is this first album here that that just the self titled to start with?
1: Yeah, I would say yeah, like check out the self-titled Death what was it, Death Wolf Two yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And if you like that one, then check out the other ones because the other ones are all really good as well.
2: Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. You'll have to check that out.
1: Yeah. I was like really into it. It's got a, got a cool, like, it's got that cool, like dark feeling. And it right. doesn't sound quite like, just like a rip off of Danzig, but it feels like that kind of feeling where it's like definitely influenced by him, you know?
2: Right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I'll have to, I'll have to check these out.
1: Definitely. Cool. Yeah, man. It's been great talking to you.
2: Yeah, you too. Thanks again for having me on.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, we have to do a, uh, do another one at some point.
2: Yeah, for sure. And uh, yeah, if you come out, um, if you're able to come out of the Denver show, just hit me up and we could add you to the guest list.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll see if I can make it down. I gotta double check what day cool. that falls on. I think it's a weekend, isn't it?
2: Um, the first show is the Where's I want to say I want to say the thirtieth of of August. No, let's see here. The first show, joining up with that tour, yeah, it's August 30th, so I don't know what day that is, but.
1: Cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll double check. I think I probably should be able to make it. I just got to double check what day it is.
2: Cool. Uh, yeah, it's a Wednesday, unfortunately.
1: Wednesday? Wednesday should work okay.
2: Right on. Yeah, man. Cool. Yeah, I'll hit you up before we go there, too, and check. And we could add you.
1: Awesome. Yeah, I should be able to, should be able to make it up there, so.
2: Right on. All right. Thanks, man.
1: Have a good night.
2: Yeah, you too. Talk later.
1: Bye.